Hello, beautiful people. It is preseason games are in abundance Thursday, August 11th, 2022. This sports show begins now. Here we go, out of baby. Here we go, out of baby, to all of you for watching here at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee show or on Sirius XM channel 82, Mad Dog Sports Radio. The countdown is on. What? Oh. The shot clock. <laughs> what? <laughs> Anyways, it's a massive day. Let's go ahead and run through some things, okay? Uh, there's preseason games tonight, two of them. Are any star players playing? Uh, and mm. a few teams, yes, and a few teams, no. We assume that this game will be shit, just like the Hall of Fame game was, but it's NFL football. Let's go ahead and watch. Right. Let's also listen to the commentary team and the broadcast team because they're getting inside information that we're not able to get. They're able to have conversations with the coaches and the GMs that are at camp, their thoughts on who's doing what. And also, let's keep an eye on what veterans players are playing that we didn't expect to play because maybe they're on move a la Josh Jacobs with the Raiders mm -hmm. Tom Brady's not a training camp for at least the next I think 11 days no nine yeah. days uh -huh. I believe nine days he will not be a training camp we have no idea what it is what has happened Tom we hope everything's okay pal we're happy you came back and played at the age of 45 obviously already established has the go but didn't want to go out that way we felt kind of forced to retire it felt like then he comes back before free agency opens brings back the boys let's do another run he has 375 million dollars waiting for him allegedly via Fox Sports for being an ambassador of the game and a commentator of the game now middle of training camp pretty deep into training camp, pretty meaningful part of training camp. Tom Brady has stepped away from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for at least the next nine days and Todd Bowles has said, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, he has said he's hopeful or assumes or probable, what some one of those words, that Tom will be back by week one. Week one? That's what? like three what, yeah. what? I hope what so. What the hell talking is, about? What is going on? Is everything okay? We have no idea. We hope everything's mm -hmm. cool. Uh, good luck to Tom. That means Blaine Gabbert, the OG, the veteran, uh, will be stepping in to be the starter here for at least the next few days of training camp. There's videos already surfacing of Julio Jones appearing to be fucking... Julio Jones. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk to Ian Rappaport, who's down at their practices in hour two. Uh, hour three, we'll talk to A.Q. Shipley, former coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Also friends with a lot of people down there. What's he hearing? Robert Hainsey, the new center, uh, after Jensen got hurt, trained with A.Q. all offseason. He got carted off practice field yesterday, had cramps. No big uh, deal. Okay. 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 Actually had a great day. He's doing perfectly fine. So right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, although they have lost all pro Ryan Jensen center early in training camp, absolute bummer. They got past that. Bring in Robert Hainsey. Who knows how he's going to do out of Notre Dame but that seems to be one storyline kind of put to bed until it comes alive now Tom's on a practice and they're in the middle of joint practices with the Miami Dolphins uh -huh. right now mm -hmm. very meaningful practices these are some of the most important practices of training camp because you've heard basically everybody in the NFL that has any knowledge of the game say the preseason games used to be much more important now controlled practices controlled environments we don't get anybody hurt it's the joint practices that have appeared to be the most valuable part to everybody's training camp back in the day just a couple teams would do it. Some team would have a connection with another team. They'd go have joint practices. And to be honest, a lot of us around the locker rooms and the other place would be like, why the fuck would you ever want to practice with anybody? So you're telling me I'm going to have to go harder. Uh, there's going to be much more physicality. It's going to be longer. And we're showcasing other guys. And there was kind of a negative thought on it. I think other coaches were like, oh, we're going to let another team in here and watch us how we train. We're going to let them see how our practices go, see where our team is developed at. There was a lot of negativity around the thought of joint practices. Then as the year rolled on just like the preseason games have kind of become less important joint practices have become much more of a thing joint practices happen all the time now and joint practices i think are viewed by all parties including the fans it's fucking awesome mm -hmm. because the coaches love it and the evaluators love it because they have a preseason game every single day basically they can set up different drills to really 
I don't want to say focus on, but a part of your roster you're trying to figure out, you can ask the other team, like, hey, can we do one-on-ones, offensive line, defensive line? Yeah. We are leaking a week in the offensive line department. We'd like to watch some of your guys that you have at the bottom mm-hmm. of your roster. And that team potentially could be like, yeah, we need some D linemen as well. So it almost becomes like a gift for the evaluators. Now, for the players, it's more opportunity because it's two teams looking at you as opposed to just one. And uh, the reps in practice that maybe you weren't able to get in preseason games and the situations in practice that you are dominant in maybe doesn't pop up in a preseason game whenever you're on the field. So it's definitely that. These practices are fucking hard, though. It is. You're talking normally, guys. Guys are going hard because they're trying to get jobs. Okay, let's not – there's no – sidetracking mm. that but when you're competing against another player from another team it just the everything is just picked up and amplified so now a lot of guys you hear them talk about yeah it's like we have four preseason games yeah and then we get off for the actual preseason game that's on tv so tom's stepping away during these joint practices certainly surprising we hope everything's okay now next week the detroit lions will be traveling to indianapolis for the indianapolis colts the colts and lions will be joint practicing obviously that means hard knocks will be there obviously that means do stay will be there mm-hmm. and obviously that means mcdc is gonna be there man hell yeah i cannot wait we will be on uh location up there Ooh. at colts uh practice i think on wednesday which is the 17th i do believe we'll be up there i think all parties are trying to get mcdc on the show oh man. please let's go please all parties they will be practicing while we are live we believe practice will be right behind us we will still be doing a show but we will have a camera on practice a la like we're nfl network okay awesome. so we will be able to zoom in i believe on certain plays and things yes. give play by play while also doing interviews with people facetimes will still be available so we're going to try to make the most of it and big shout out to the indianapolis colts for being like what do you need to broadcast from here and how can we help you and uh colts we appreciate the hell out of that because there's no way with the Thunderdome being built right now with all the tech we're trying to figure out Zito having to do what he does and then also Zito going to set that whole thing up we run a little lean here this company is a small business always will be Uh, hiring I think is a very important part of the process you bring in one turd your entire company can fucking go down and what we have here we try to bottle I wish we could bottle and save forever the energy the mindset the thing you guys are fucking awesome with that being said it limits us to a lot of things Mm -hmm. so the Colts have said hey what do you need us to do we'll do it we'll be at joint practice is next week can't wait to see the vibe of that whole thing um matt ryan's a dog yeah iowa's got a pitcher that is just dealing right now mm-hmm. and uh life is good here in the sports talk world the toxic tables here looking fantastic at boston connor at ty schmidt little league world series is this fucking um this is a big deal for the baseball community i assume yeah i think so and we kind of talked about i'm it. just getting into the baseball community right right <laughs> Yeah, I know. Edwin Diaz, you know, we, we can do oh, the whole yeah. song and dance again. But Bro, but no. Him hitting the outfield <laughs> with a rehearsed, like, the this, mm-hmm. you know, that's a clear, anybody knows wrestling, you come through the curtain, you make sure everybody can see you because the people are going to be sitting far away. You're small. That... How could you not love that? Are you not thinking about leaving the Yankees and coming to the no, Mets? Not a not With a that fucking guy? Yeah. Not a chance. Not Are a you chance. serious? Not a chance. How about the whole fans? Like, there's a big, fat, white bat uh-huh. having a time his life kid. with his kid? Yeah. When you're like, that winning, it's happen. fun. That doesn't happen in a lot of situations anymore. Everybody's guarded. You know, everybody's, like, scared to do anything. Most, most of these teams and shit like that are terrible in-game experience because yeah. they're trying to cater to children right. all-time mm-hmm. children and not that that isn't but them just being like yeah this is a fucking lit place yeah, go Lady City Field dude I mean I don't know how you don't want to be a fan but nonetheless you're a Yankees fan your entire life I'm new to the baseball world a Little League World Series big to the baseball community yeah I, I think so I mean especially if you 
if you watch baseball, you're probably watching the Little League World Series because, like we talked about, the, outside of the preseason, there is nothing going on. I mean, the MLS All Star Game was l- last night. Oh, hey, MLS won, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's our sport now. Obviously. Sorry about so. it. We are going to win the soccer Lombardi yeah. in Qatar as yeah. well. It's been fun to watch that Little League World Series for sure. Series. For sure. It, and Iowa seems to have a little bit of a squad out mm-hmm. there. Uh, at Tone Diggs from uh, my hometown in uh-huh. Pittsburgh, we never really got in the Little League World Series, right? No, yeah, I don't know how it works. Me neither. I come out here to Indiana. There's fucking signs like this town's team yeah. has been to Little League World Series like five years out of the last. We definitely 10. had teams that probably would have been good enough, but I think you have to like pay to qualify and stuff like. I no. I could be. Oh, you are saying it's a big yup event? No, pay no, to no, play. Just, well, yeah. say, is this a big yup event? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. To be honest with you, I am speaking out of my ass. Well, <laughs> you never do that. <laughs> never <laughs> ever do that. Uh, joining us now is a man that never speaks out of his ass. You know, everything comes out of this guy's mouth is real because this motherfucker is the man. Not only is he a two-time Super Bowl champ, Hall of Fame definite, like oh, not man. even a single question. He's also making the world a lot better place. Just this past week, there was a Vaughn's Vision Reveal Day in Buffalo, his first time there, and they were giving away free glasses to kids. Then Buffalo obviously turned out for anything that's happening with the Bills, but Vaughn has showed up for the Buffalo Bills Mafia as well, giving away glasses, I think, to hundreds of kids. I mean, it is just amazing. Amazing what impact an NFL player can have, especially if they buy in on the fact that they're an NFL superstar. This man is certainly that. Newest member of the Buffalo Bills, absolute stallion and champion off the edge, ladies and gentlemen, Von Miller. Yeah, What's up, dude? Hey, I appreciate you guys, man. I've been a huge fan of you guys. I've been a huge fan of the show, man. I appreciate you guys having me. Well, I appreciate you for joining us because, I mean, there was a time, I think, you were supposed to join us when you were a Bronco, and I I, I had to cancel because yep. I wasn't there. Then there was a time you were supposed to join us as a Ram, and it was another situation where I wasn't able to do it, so we had to reschedule. Now you're a Buffalo Bill, yep. two-time Super Bowl champ. We appreciate you for making it. Hell yeah. Hey, I appreciate you guys for having me, man. This is dope. Uh, okay, so I don't want to go backwards too much because I just kind of did there, but am I getting the story? right whenever you left denver you did not know about that i thought that was all fake is that real you did not know that and then you. Nah, went- I, I i didn't know i came into the facility um i was injured i had missed the game before so i had to come to the facility early i was getting treatment on my ankle like you usually do and um you know the head trainer uh, vince garcia he came to me and he said uh he said george wants to talk to you upstairs and i've been in the league 11 years so I'm like, dang. And a guy. You know, if the, not if the GM, if the yeah. GM wanted to talk to me, he would usually come down and talk to me. But he asking me to go upstairs a day before the trade deadline. So I was like, man, this, this is it, it's going to happen. And I, it felt like I was going to the principal's office. You know, I went up there. Um, I sat with George Payton. He asked me about my ankle. And then he hit me with the news. Hey, you're going to L.A., but hope the ankle's fine. I mean, really, we ain't ever going to find out. Because <laughs> you're on a plane to Los Angeles right now. And you handled it very professionally, right? I think you acknowledged that it came out of nowhere. But you had nothing but respect for the Broncos organization. Yep. When a lot of guys could go a different way. 11 years in, OG, very good. Getting traded out of nowhere. Kind of disrespectful, the way I viewed it. But you viewed it differently. You end up in L.A. Obviously, magic happens. Your contract is up, you go into free agency, and then we read that you sign a $755 million deal to go to the Buffalo Bills, and we were so happy for you, dude. This late into your career, still showing that you're a guy, getting paid again, congrats on that. Thank you, thank you. You deserve it. But uh, what was it about Buffalo that got you excited, aside from the contract? But that team, you're the missing piece, is what everybody's saying. Is that the feeling, and is that what Brandon Bean said to you? Um, You know, I... You know, I'm a fan of football in general, you know, and um, I'm a fan of players. I'm a fan of schemes. 
Um, you know, eventually I want to be a GM. You know, one day that's like my that's like my goal to be a GM. And you know, I saw I saw what the Bills had been doing for a long time. You know, I saw the team that they were building. I saw that um, they had a lot of big time players, um, and they were just right on the edge. So when my agent started talking to me about the Bills being interested, you know, it, it kind of caught my attention. I wanted to go back to LA. You know, I loved I, I loved LA. I loved Coach uh, McVay and Aaron Donald and Les Snead and all the guys. It was it was perfect. That was the easy you know, route for me to just go back to LA and just ride off into the sunset. But, you know, I felt like, um, I feel like I still had more. I feel like I still had more to accomplish in my career. And um, the Bills, it, it took me a second, it took me a second to really just, you know, iron it out. But I, I feel like, you know, the, the Bills was, was the right decision for me. You know, to come up here, I'm a pass rusher, we had a lead. Um, we're playing in cold games. People don't like to play in cold games. You know, I have a little bit of advantage. And, you know, the more and more I started to think about it, even though it was the hard road to take, I felt like this was the right road for me. Hell yeah, and I think we're going to look back on it as a brilliant decision. And, I mean, there's a lot that you just said. You wanting to be a general manager is awesome to think about. What was it about a team you think that makes them good now that you've been a part of multiple great organizations? And what have you learned about the inside of that locker room in Buffalo that you'll take into your GM ship that Brandon Bean has kind of put together? Uh, first and foremost, you, you got to have a guy at quarterback. Um, you know, you can win games with defense. You can, you know, you can stay in games. You can, you can win ten games. You know, without a quarterback, you can, you can have a successful team. But to go there and win the whole thing, you need a guy at quarterback. And, and we have uh, one of the best quarterbacks in the league with Josh Allen. He's still training upwards. Um, this defense is great. Defense wins championships. That that is a hundred percent. And um, they had the number one defense last year without me. So. I felt like, um, you know, they had been building a team. They got a, a crazy offense, receivers, running backs, offensive line is stout, defense is stout. And I, you know, all it was missing was a, a guy that could rush the passer. And, um, you know, I, I just I just felt like it was the right the right choice for me. It sounds like every time we chat with anybody from the Bills organization, they hang out a lot. Now, uh, Poyer's come on uh, numerous times. We hope he's okay, by the way. I don't know if I've kept up with the injury update. The two safeties got hurt early. They said they'll be fine. He talked about how Buffalo, like, Honestly, there ain't real shit to do, you know? Like, nope. it, it gets a little cold. <laughs> he said, so they hang out in there a lot. A lot of cards being played. The team yep. seems to be very tight. I think that is a huge piece of successful teams. The teams that I've been on that have been good, they get along. The teams yep. that I've been on that are bad, nobody gets along. And now, did winning bring the relationships, or did the relationships bring the success? That's a question I guess psychologists can look into. But honestly, I think a team getting along is a big deal. And it's been in the news before, but I think it's very well known. I think it's a good thing. You've hosted parties in uh, past places where everybody comes. Oh, yeah. Hey, everybody's at that thing. How big is camaraderie, Vaughn, for a team to be successful? And what do you feel up there? And how has the adaptation to that locker room been in Buffalo? You know, camaraderie is, is everything, especially in football. You know, in basketball, you can go without it. You know, baseball, you can, you know, you can survive without it. But football is such a rah-rah sport. Um, you know, you're, you're out there on the field and you – you're literally putting your neck and your livelihood on the line for these guys. And if the guy next to you don't feel like he, that you love him or, or vice versa, man, it's, it's hard to bring the most out of these guys. And whenever, you, um, whenever you're playing for something bigger than yourself, that's when you get the most, you know, out of your team. And, um, you know, these guys, it's, it, it has a college vibe. Um, it feels like Texas A&M when I, when I was there. And that's where I really found myself. And now I thrive in those type of environments. I mean, I thrive in, in L.A. in the big city, too. But, you know, <laughs> I feel like I'm at home in, in the locker room and um, just these college type of environments. And, you know, there's nothing else to do, like you say here, but hang out. You know, I know all the guys on the team. I, I, know, I know about their kids. I know where they come from. I know what makes them go. 
you know, and uh, you, you have to have those type of relationships to get the most out of these guys. We're talking to Von Miller, uh, two-time Super Bowl champ, newest member of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, his Buffalo Bar is open until like 4.35 oh, a.m. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know that? Yeah, I don't know if you know that. I've had a couple good nights. So whenever we say there's nothing to do, we're not chatting about Buffalo not being a great city. It is. But in compared to other, in compared to other places, there's events every night in some mm -hmm. cities that you mm -hmm. can potentially get caught up in. Buffalo doesn't have that, but they have a team. Hey, this Bills Mafia, yeah, I guess you got a chance to feel them a little bit at training camp and then at your Vaughn's Vision event. I've heard this fan base is different. Have you experienced that at all? It, it, it's definitely different. I've been a part of a lot of great fan bases. You know, Denver Bronco has a great fan base. Broncos country is wild. I love Broncos Let's country. Ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Let's they ride. supported me. They supported me for, you know, for <laughs> 10 and a half years and then some, even now. Um, you know, Rams, uh, Rams Nation is incredible too. The Ramley. You know, they, they show up and they show off for the Rams as well. And, Ramley. you know, um, the Buffalo Bills fans are great, but it's just different. It's just different here. These guys, um, you know, they live and, and, and breathe football. You know, like you said, there's nothing else to do here. You know, they had um, success. They went to four straight Super Bowls and, and lost it. And they kind of crazed this um, this togetherness in the community. And they really want to see guys win. They really care about guys here. And, and it's special to be a part of it. You talked about Josh Allen. He's a big son of a bitch. I mean, he's big, Vaughn. What do you think it is that separates him? Now, you said trending upwards, which we have seen since the beginning of his career. Each year he goes into his offseason, he comes back a brand new quarterback. It's like <laughs> literally it's just been happening and happening. Seeing him up close, what do you think makes him special? What do you think separates him maybe from some others? Um, you know, every quarterback in the National Football League has been the guy at some point. And Tom, you know, whether they were the guy in college or whether they were the guy in high school, all of these guys have skill. All these guys can make the throws, you know, or they wouldn't be here. And, um, you know, Josh is no different. But I feel like the thing that sets him apart is the mindset. And you see guys come in to the league and, you know, sometimes games would be too big for guys or, you know, the defense would be too good. And, you know, guys kind of fold. Um, Josh, he, he doesn't have that. Um, he just doesn't have that trait, you know, whether it's. Whether it's a mountain that he has to climb, he's going to climb it. Whether it's just a, a river that he has to jump across, he's going to do it. Um, he just has this uh, this uh, winner and um, this winner mentality about him, and this light about him, and it's, it's special to see. I've been around a lot of great quarterbacks. I've been around Hall of Fame quarterbacks, Peyton Manning, yeah. Matthew Stafford. Yeah. You know, I've been around a lot of great quarterbacks. Tim Tebow was a great quarterback, great yeah. leader, and um, Josh uh, Josh Allen is is a great leader. Honestly, he really doesn't take anything too serious like he yes. doesn't take anything too serious he, he he's confident in his arm he's confident in his team you know um it's never too big for him and um he's just he's just a great guy to be around him. i really can't talk uh too I really could talk all day about the guy, man. He's a huge part of, of uh, the reason why I came here. I like the there's no mountain too tall, no river too wide to jump. You're a country boy, huh? Full full go. Yes, sir. <laughs> still in off season, still or no? Have you have you go back home? What do you have? Bunch yeah, of I, I go I go back to Dallas. Um, I, I try to go back to Dallas as, as much as possible. I'm, I'm a Texas boy, you know, I'm through and through. I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Played Texas high school football. Went to Texas a and where we played real football there. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh wow. you know, I've been in the, in the National Football League after that for twelve years. So. Well, you know, if Jimbo keeps cheating, I guess. <laughs> you know, I, I guess that's the only way. But you got a bunch of land. Is that what you do in the off? What are you doing uh, off time, downtime? Hunt fish? Yeah, I got a, you know, I love to hunt. I love to fish. I love to play golf. I got a chicken farm in Texas. It's in Elgin, Texas on 33 acres. It's pasture raised, humanely raised, uh, non GMO. And uh, we just got a great product. Our, our birds are, are, are natural, um, happy birds, and they only really have one bad day. So and I feel like you can taste it. I feel like you can taste it at the end result. Of course, I'm going to be biased. 
You know, when I say my chicken is different, but honestly, when you taste it, you can you can really taste the happiness in it. You're gonna be a chicken farmer and a fucking GM in the NFL at one point. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the boys have some questions for you. Is that okay? Yeah, that's cool. Go ahead, Ty. Vaughn, we've seen a lot recently on social media, you and Odell kind of going back and forth. Uh, is that basically a done deal? I mean, do you already <laughs> have his locker, you know, next year's in the Buffalo locker room, or uh, what's going on there? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I have an open locker right next to me. You know, Odell is, is my guy. You know, I, I don't have too many friends, like, outside of football. Of course, I have colleagues that I'm familiar with. But Odell is one of my is one of my good buddies. You know, I've been knowing him for a long time, over six, seven years. Um, you know, and um, he's he's trying to work through some stuff right now, trying to get back healthy. But the door is open for him to come to the Buffalo Bills. You know, I, I know um, Odell loves to win. Everybody loves to win. We got a winning team, and um, him being here would really, you know, just put the icing on the cape and, and put us over the top. And you know, playing the league, playing the league six, seven, eight, nine years, man. And, you win a Super Bowl, it creates this addiction. And um, I know he felt it, and I know he wants to get back there. I felt it twice, and I want to get back there. And he, he knows this is the path to go. Um, the Buffalo Bills, his, the Buffalo Bills, they've been on the they've been on the, the brink for a very long time. And you know, he could be he could be that last little drop, just like myself, to get us over the top and go back to football heaven. So, how long have you known OBJ and been friends with him off the field? Because there's a lot of terrible uh, shit that was said about OBJ when he left New York, <laughs> whenever he was in Cleveland, and then he goes to LA and he's like, uh, two touchdowns first game. So, <laughs> so boom, 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 boom. How you doing? Keep it moving. Would have won the Super Bowl MVP. I think we can all agree on if he didn't yep. have the unfortunate injury. As a fan from the outside looking in, not knowing him that well, great to see that happen when he went to LA. Is he like if he was to go to Buffalo? That's no problem, right? Like everybody thought LA would be the thing. Him going to Buffalo, that's OBJ does not care about that type of shit, right? It's just about. No, I, I think he cares about winning at this point in his career. And, you know, he cares about people. He cares about being loved. And um, just like any other pro athlete, you know, you want to be loved where you go. And Bills Mafia is going to embrace him with open arms. You know, we're going to feed him the ball. We're going to, we're going to make sure Josh Allen is just going to add to another weapon. You got Diggs, you got Isaiah, you got. Gabe Davis and Odell Beckham, and plus all of the guys that's helping out as well, man. That could really put us over the top. Yeah, OBJ, you can go to the Colts, too. Yeah, sure. Packers. Yeah, Colts, uh, if you want, just, you know, I mean, I don't have a locker for you. Yeah. <laughs> Vaughn yeah, does. I think, I think OBJ, he wants to win. I don't think he just want to go play oh. football. Oh, oh, shit. Watch your mouth. <laughs> All right, I'll start a chicken farm fucking tomorrow. <laughs> All right, I'll start attacking your contract. Uh, what do you have, Tone? Uh, Vaughn, you guys were talking about Bill's Mafia. I know you weren't. Completely thrilled with the toilet paper in the dorms, and Bill's Mafia sent you a fuck ton of toilet paper. Was it single ply? Did Did you you have single ply at that place? No, you know, I I think, um, you know, whenever I talk to the media, whenever I sit down, I try to, you know, I've been on the other side. I've been on, I've been on the other side and work with the media, and I see how um, hard it is to really get content out of players. So when I'm back over here as a professional (laughs) athlete, I just try to open up and talk to these guys and just be as open as I possibly can. And I think. When I was being open about the dorms, it kind of came off the wrong way. I didn't, I didn't want to come across as ungrateful. Like I, I love being in the dorms. I love being around people, but I was just being open. And I said, you know, I'm 33 years old. I haven't been in a dorm room since college. And I was just being open with the media, just trying to give them content to work with. And, you know, I talked about the toilet paper, how the toilet paper was different. Um, Bill's Mafia being Bill's Mafia. They saw that and they just went Get this crazy. guy some body. <laughs> Um, wipes, uh, plant-based wipes, and it just, um, that was really the start of, like, me 
falling in love with Bismarck because they say it's a, they say it's a special place. I said one thing about toilet paper and they just flooded the whole thing with toilet paper. Man, it was great. They donated how much money? Like Andy Dalton's? Yeah, when they oh yeah Dalton beat someone so they could get in the, the Ravens for <laughs> the like, Bills to go like in increments or whatever of like fifty thousand. Yeah. The Bills Mafia is all. Anytime we talk Buffalo Bills, the Bills Mafia on the internet is just runs that thing. And I think it's great that there's still a chip on the shoulder feel for the team. Zero pro bowlers on that defense last year. You know what I mean? Zero pro bowlers. Why do you think that is? Why do you think the Buffalo Bills, A, rightfully so, still have the chip on their shoulder, but Super Bowl favorites at the same time? What do you think it is, Vaughn? I don't don't know how you can have the number one defense in all five categories and not have pro bowlers. On that defense. Well, that's, we could dive into the Pro Bowl voting process if we wanted to, Vaughn. And then I mean, that's, you know, that's a little different, but, you know, that's a, that's another story for another day. Um, this team is great, man, from corner to corner, um, linebacker to linebacker, in to end, tackle to tackle, man. We have a solid even safety to safety. Um, Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde, man, I've, I've always had safeties in the secondary whenever I played back in, you know, my Denver days with, with Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson and, and uh, the no-fly zone and with the Rams, Jalen Ramsey. I've always had a, a, a great secondary behind me. And, um, you know, this team is, is no different, man. From corner to corner, man, we're stacked, man. we got a solid defense, solid coaching staff, man. These are some of the best coaches that I've, that I've been a part of. I've all, and I've been blessed to always have great coaches that really cared about the team, man. And, and this year is, is no different. These three teams that I went to, I've always had great coaches, uh, great teammates around me, man. And this, this team is no different, man. I don't, I don't know why. I just don't know why. We had the number one defense last year and no pro bowlers, man. And, I think the chip, I think the chip on the shoulder really comes from the community, and I think it comes, I think it just stems back from the days in the '90s where everybody, you know, went to, where they went to three, they went to four straight Super Bowls and lost it, and I think, um, you know, this organization and this community is just hungry for it. And I think that's where the chips, that's where the chip comes from. Hell yeah, um, Vaughn, you played, you have played in the NFL long enough now to see the complete evolution of the game, right? Now, when you talked about Tebow being a great leader, you guys were winning games like nine to three, mm-hmm. I think, in those. And your defense had to like shut everybody down. Expected to not give up 14, 17 points. Now it feels like the NFL is if you don't give up 24, 21, that's a good thing. Was that a mental shift that you had to make? Like that's just how the game is? And do you see that to be a fact the way I just described it? Oh, I mean, you, you always gotta you always gotta evolve. You know, they they pay these head coaches and these offensive coordinators. They pay them a lot of money. They pay these offensive linemen a lot of money. Quarterbacks. Um, but you know, it's a it's a game that's constantly getting more and more competitive, and it's uh, constantly evolving. And um, you just you just gotta go with it. Um, I'm a pass rusher. I just try to do my job for my teammates. I try to be a coach's dream. You know, whatever they whatever they tell me to do, I try to go out there and do it. I try to I, I preach being coachable and not making the same mistake more than two or three times because I'm gonna make mistakes. You know, where you wanna go out there and you wanna be uh, you wanna you wanna go out there and do your job for your team and you know they're gonna score points but at the end of the day we, we wanna come on top. And um two thousand fifteen we won nine games within three points or less. We had uh, Peyton Manning, um, Hall of Fame quarterback defense one of the best defenses in, in NFL history and we won nine games within three points or less End up going to the playoffs. Um, we had a, a tough game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They could have easily went the other way. Bradley Roby knocks the ball out. We get the ball and go down and kick a field goal to win the game. Um, we play the New England Patriots the next week, and it's a dog fight all the way to the end. It goes down to a two-point conversion where he throws the ball to Gronkowski, and um, it, they tip it out, and we win the game. We go to the Super Bowl. Um, we had the momentum for the most part. Carolina started coming back, and it came down to the end of the game. Wow. So you always you always have to be able to play solid defense. You always got to depend on your defense. Of course, quarterbacks is going to make the thing go, 
but you always have to have solid defense. And here with the Buffalo Bills, we expect to play solid defense. Well, you can even go with how the Super Bowl ended last year, too. Like every, and I think that was an awesome answer that you just gave, by the way. Basically saying, yeah, offense matters, but here is three exact moments that have affected my life and made it better. You're incredible at this, Vaughn. I can't wait to see what you end up doing after football. Last question here, Connor. Yeah, Vaughn, it's being reported this morning, actually, that officials might be easing up a little bit on roughing the passer this year. Is that just like music to your ears? And how long have you guys been waiting for that to happen? Oh, you know, I, I've changed my game um, about six years ago. And it's not really about the big hits for me. I'm going for the ball. Every time I'm back there, um, I just get laser vision on this ball. And um, I think the biggest play for a defensive player is sack. For me as a pass rusher, sack, force fumble, fumble, recovery, touchdown. And um, whenever I get there, that's what I'm going for. I'm trying to rip the ball out, run with it, trying to rip the ball out, get the ball back to my offense. We have a solid offense here, so if we can get them any type of short field position, you know, we're going to capitalize on that. And that's where my mindset is at. And I'm, it doesn't matter if it's uh, they increase roughing the passer calls or decrease them. I'm going for the ball each and every time, and, and that saves me. You just gave competitive advantage to everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Miller's not trying to hurt quarterbacks. He's trying to get the ball out. You've done an incredible job with that. Uh, you've done an incredible job in your NFL career being a leader, being a teammate. I don't think I've ever heard a single person that's ever played alongside you that didn't love you, man. That's a hell of a compliment, and I think you should know that. And we appreciate you stopping by. Good luck the rest of camp. Man, I appreciate you guys for having me, man. It's, it's a great show. I've been a fan for a long time. And it's good to see former players go out and have success just like you, Pat. I appreciate you guys. Brandon McManus with the Denver Broncos is one of my best friends, man. He, he raves about you, man. I, I appreciate you guys. You guys do a, an incredible job, man, and I wish you more success as well. Brandon, they, he hit that in 15, that kick that you're talking about whenever he went back to a different direction. Incredibly impressive. Huge leg, cool dude. He uh, also has those uh, apes. The board apes. Yeah, hey, let's run that up, right? I don't know. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, Perennial All-Pro, Von Miller. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. Here we go, Adam, baby. That's right, hour two, off uh, to a great start. Out of baby talks table at Ty Schmidt at Boston Connor. Uh, one half of the hammer, Dad. Cowboys at Tone Diggs. How you feeling, Bob? Feeling really good. How you feeling? I feel pretty good. You guys uh, obviously putting a bunch of bets out on these preseason games tonight? Yes, absolutely. I have a full Excel spreadsheet uh, keeping track of the news coming out on who's playing and who's not, so I've got all that information. Quick is- update. Patriots uh, not playing anybody. Correct. Giants playing everybody. All starters, less than a half, though. Well, doesn't f- matter. I fucking hope so. more than a quarter, though. <laughs> Plus, and you got so you got fucking Danny Dimes, Tyrod going up against uh, Hoyer, and then Bailey Zappi, who's the rookie quarterback oh, for the Stidham. Not there. That's yeah, tough. That's a bad been, this could have been his night for the Raiders. Yeah, he was absolutely. Dog. So I'd assume we all like the Giants there. Giants minus two and a half, only a field goal. Lean and, Giants, and you're not going to tie in a preseason no, game. No way. No. So what's that? You never know with Bill. <laughs> Oh, he wants overtime. That's right. Let's run the back half of this roster <laughs> into the fucking dirt. Figure out this depth right now. And then uh, same game, same time. It starts 30 minutes later. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Titans at Ravens. All Eastern Standard Time Zone games, 17-31-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-1731-
Yeah, preseason games, if you if quarterback can move, you're going to have success. Mm-hmm. This is just from watching our preseason games and having to punt in these preseason <laughs> games with terrible people. Whenever a pocket passer would go in, even if I liked the kid and I thought he was going to be good, he's fucked. Mm-hmm. He's got no chance. Mm-hmm. He has to have so many things go right for him to have. Mm-hmm. First of all, the wide receiver has to know the play. Wide receiver has to know the route. He also has to know the route that that wide receiver is running. <laughs> mm-hmm. And a potential other wide receiver, they have to run the right route to open up said one. And they both have to know which route it is. And let's not even talk about, you need all five of the offensive linemen to be on the same page. These guys just met each other three days ago. Yeah. And two of them probably never going to play football again. Not even in the fucking XFL. Mm-hmm. So a pocket passer is pretty much fucked in preseason football games. Now, there is still a, an ability to judge them, I guess. If they do have a couple plays where they have time, it's just like when evaluators have to watch college football players and they say, like, there was like seven NFL plays that we could really evaluate this quarterback Mm -hmm. from. I think they can do that for pocket passers in preseason games. But from my experience, if we had a pocket passer, they were fucked. If the person could move and extend the play, so if the offensive lineman got something wrong or if the wide receivers ran the wrong route, you can't make it a wash, make it just like a backyard, they're going to have success. So I love the Ravens tonight. I think what I just heard. Malik Willis, though, for the Titans, he can still move, right? Logan, I think Logan Woodside's going to get the start. Uh, he's Whoa. the backup there, and then probably Malik Willis, probably the entire second half, you would think. Oh, oh so maybe oh. not the Ravens. Joining us now is a man who might be able to give us more information. A guy who's an absolute stallion, a champion. He won a college football national championship, Whoa. which will come in handy. Never has for us, really. But will come in handy this year. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's true. For the uh, simulcast that's deal. That's right. Because every time we do the draft spectacular, this college football national champion, college football icon, he doesn't know any of these no, fucking guys nothing. getting drafted. Nothing. Like ESPN and all these other college football places, they go like, oh, let's get a college football icon on. Let's get a college football national champion. Let's get a guy who's most synonymous with one of the biggest schools. This would be like... A fucking get home run and then they have like draft spectaculars this is showcase time for said fucking college football national champion aj uh, this guy plays wow oh, i don't know he's anyone good, thinks man. he's good <laughs> i like this guy but this year he's gonna be all invested yeah. yeah. he's got 10 kids he doesn't have enough space in that massive brain of his because he is also a super bowl champion Holy an shit. nfl legend all-time leading tackler for the green bay packers Ryder cup champion COVID survivor, multi-time, ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hall. What's up, dude? Thank you. That was actually fun to, to sit there and watch it. Oh, he doesn't know. Oh, that guy's good. Like, you know what? Sometimes you guys are pretty accurate. Well, this year, though, we're going to need you to go ahead and flaunt that college football national championship ring a yeah, little bit. You're going to have to give us some legitimacy this year, AJ, okay? We're going into a bunch of cults. You know it. You live in one. We're going into a bunch of cults. Mm-hmm. SEC cults are going to oh, be they are thick. Yeah. They're going to be able to sense whether or not we know anything. And there's a good chance we don't. So we need you to just accidentally, hey, how you doing? Fucking big ring. What's that? Yeah, I heard one of these. Yeah, we need that this year. Okay, is that something we can get? Yeah, we can definitely try that. I don't. I uh, think the ring is going to impress you that much. The last time I saw it, it is not very big, and they don't. I don't think they don't have to spend a whole lot of money on those rings for college back then. That's in comparison to the Super Bowl. He's just being humble. No, no, this, my Super Bowl ring is isn't that big either compared well, to what they do now. What but the yeah. fuck? What? Well, Ohio State, obviously. I mean, they build oh. monsters now. Have you seen those Packers, Super Bowl rings yeah. that are coming out? Can't wear them. No. They, they, have, they have layers to this shit. You open one, and then you can open another one. It's like those memes that you zoom in on a photo. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's what the Super Bowl rings are now. It's like, yeah, go ahead and open it, and it'll... Look, there's a team photo, everybody in diamonds. And then you open it. This is the first in, uh, first in goal that we scored. And then you open this one. Look at that. 
That's a picture of this ring. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And that's how much does it cost? Every one of them, seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> Pretty sweet. Can never wear this. Need a vault for this thing because uh -huh. somebody's going to try to steal it. But it is. It's what we're fighting for, AJ. Isn't yeah. it? And right now, all these guys are in training camp trying to get one of those five-story rings so that they can live on an eternal legacy of greatness of being a Super Bowl champion. Every time they're introduced into an event, Super Bowl champion, Ooh. Super Bowl champion. Literally, the bottom person on the roster, top person on the roster is being introduced the same for the rest of their life. Tom Brady. He's going to miss very valuable time at training camp right now. Obviously, he has seven of those rings. His have grown from little small baby Super Bowl rings to obviously entire mansion rings down in Tampa Bay. This is a big deal. They said it's personal. They knew it before camp started. So what does that mean? It had to be something that was planned out then. So this isn't a surprise situation, which I think is good news. This is very. They're doing joint practices with the Dolphins right now. Uh, very surprised by this, AJ, especially at the quarterback position, especially Tom Brady. What are your thoughts on it all, AJ? Well, I think the surprising thing was, yeah, that it was already planned. I read Todd Bowles, uh, what he said after practice, whenever he spoke with the media. He said, we knew this coming in, like we'd known this a while ago, and he feels comfortable with Tom's experience and all this, and he'll come back. But he's not coming back till after August 20th, correct? Yeah, yep. but then mm -hmm. there was a follow-up about, like, hopeful for the first game of the season. It's like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, Good question. I don't know. Does anybody have – I mean, yeah, like I hope everything's all right. This is weird that they had to plan this too, and all of a sudden now we're here. Like, I don't know. Because you would think maybe, and this sounds – we don't want to assume anything. We have no idea if this is what it is. But natural reactions, like, oh, a family member must have got sick. Mm -hmm. out of, Like very mm – -hmm. something must have just came out of nowhere that was very drastic. And saying, no, we knew going into camp. It's like, okay, well, that kind of rules – that rules that out. This is – Massive? Did they know it was going to be in the middle of the joint practices? Because everybody calls these light training camp practices. And, you know, like Rappaport will be joining us in five minutes. I don't think he's still down there. Did Was this known yesterday? Like, was this – how how long has this been talked about? You know, AJ? Yeah, like, how, like, who all has known other than Tom and maybe Todd Bowles that Tom was going to leave after the first two weeks of camp? AQ Shipley will join us in the third hour. He obviously has deep connections down there uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think he knows shit about fuck, no. but we do know that anything that comes out, he will get blamed for. That's right. So we might as well have him on the show to hear what he fucking has to say. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> he what definitely it, has the answers. Yeah, yeah he, he knows. Yeah, and if he doesn't have the answers and somebody else has the answers, it will be, oh, AQ yeah, Shipley. He was pointing at it. How about that last year when AQ Shipley was, awesome. was outed as the guy that said uh -huh. B.A. and Tom Brady hate each other? Yeah. <laughs> They found the leak. Well, Rich Warren. <laughs> How's that happen? Well, because uh, his college teammate 12 years ago was the one that told the story. So it was obviously AQ Shipley that did that. And I understand that AQ was friends with that guy, is friends with that guy. But if AQ's just giving out inside stories like that and he's not giving them to me, I mean, I was the best man in his wedding. He was very close to my wedding. I understand he and Rich, good college teammates, and I think he's good. But if he knows we're on every single day and he didn't give that to me, fuck AQ. We got a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that is. Uh, and, so that was why we took such, you know, good interest in that story happening because it was like, oh, I guess got to cut AQ ship out of the wedding photos. <laughs> That's all. No, I'm joking. But I'm excited to hear what he has to say because Blaine Gabbard is obviously OG. He's loved down there. He'll do a great job. He's obviously not Tom Brady. Nobody is. They might be set up for this, but. That's a big deal, I think. Personally, I think that is a big well, deal. Well, don't you think it, what was weird to me is Todd Bowles acted like, hey, Tom wanted to come here and get these first couple weeks, build rapport with the team, the receivers, everybody, and then and not take reps away from these guys in the preseason games, I guess. 
So, like, could Tom have chose to just miss the first two weeks of camp and then come in? Yeah, and then how does that go? Yeah, that's it, yeah the whole thing. I don't know. Eventually, maybe on when he does his Monday show days. with Jim Gray, will tell us. Are they doing that again? I don't know. Jim probably wouldn't ask. Jeez, Tony. Good respected journalist. Jim. All right, Connor. Good dig there. <laughs> I didn't get it at first. <laughs> wow. Uh, did it go over your head? It did. Early and then well, it cut out on me. What did he say? ask? Oh, yeah. He said Jim wouldn't ask. And, and that was kind of a part of the thing. That was kind of a part of the thing this year. We thought that was going to be just a quote generating machine. machine. Yeah. Like we're gonna, oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, this guy. <laughs> you really? What's your deal? Why is this well, guy? No, it's like, uh, it was like a paid. It was like a sponsorship deal. It wasn't like an in-depth thing, was it? It was like, hey, we're, wasn't it sponsored by multiple people that Tom was involved with? I'm sure Jim as well. So I listened to a couple episodes. Okay couple parts a couple episodes every question can't be sponsored like that is going to be tough for people to listen to that question yeah. was brought to you by morton steakhouse yeah. <laughs> what you have for lunch today tom i bet it was from our friends at morton's wasn't it yeah they go and do like a 10 minute read about how to long reads yeah long reads a lot of reads tough to get through but we assumed that tom brady having a show every week during the season would be just a quote factory. It was not. We are partially to blame for that because, once again, we couldn't get through all the episodes to get the shit out that we would want. Tom Brady speaking the greatest of all time is great news. Then Aaron on Tuesday talking is great news for sports fans. It's great news for the NFL. We just weren't able to get anything out of that. So does, does Jim Gray know what's going on, I wonder? Whoa. Nine days. What happens for nine? Joining us now, maybe somebody that's on the inside of the inside. He was just down at the joint practices. Did he see this one coming? He's been on a training camp tour. I believe he's back in his bed maybe right now. Back in his basement. Not 100% sure. He's the host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends. Us being the friends. He being Rap Sheet. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Hey, hey, what's up? Hey, you know Jim Gray? I have never met Jim Gray, no. Well, we didn't really get to know him either because we listened to a podcast between him and Tom Brady and didn't really get to know either of them. I don't think they really went in too deep, but it was still an incredible conversation weekly that we wish we would have listened to more of. Yeah, of course. Do uh, you, though? Yeah. We can, go yeah. Back. we can go back to the podcast and do it. Get it. Yeah, that's that's all right, AJ will do that. Cool. Yep. Write that Perfect. down. I got it. AJ, we'll find you, you uh, 5000 bucks a day, by the way, for every day that we don't have more information from that podcast. Mm -hmm. CFO Phil, please make I'm an addendum it. to the contract. Send a docu-sign to Aaron James Hall. Do not Hall. sign that, AJ. Do not sign <laughs> Hey, Rap, shut, shut up. up. Keep your mouth shut. It's good for all of us, Rap. You nerd, dude. Mark. Anyways, let's move on. Let's just assume that is happening, what I just said right there. Aaron, I, Aaron James, sign full name, please, on that docu, son. All right? Harry Hall. Because it'll be... <laughs> <laughs> what if he wrote hey, uh -huh. a J, big I have done that before. H. Have you seen Blackbird, Ian? Uh, no. Ah, oh, uh, come on. I appreciate What's you laughing. Blackbird? It's worth a watch. It's on Apple. You've been doing your training camp tour. It's... I, dude, I'm watching Game of Thrones. That's enough for me, okay? Oh, you from the beginning because they're doing this Dork. prequel thing? Is that why you're catching up? I mean, that kind of started, but mostly just because I'm the only weirdo who hasn't seen it. And let me tell you, no, that is a good show. All right. So if you're into that nerd shit, like, why didn't you watch it from the beginning? <laughs> you're not one of the only people. I've never watched it. No, AJ's never watched it, the obviously. Reason is, the reason is because I was on a training camp tour like nine years ago. And my wife started without me. So when I came home, she was on episode like five. And she was like, oh, guess you're not catching up. See you in eight seasons, and that was it. Hey, your wife just had a New York Post article, right? Or a New York Times article? Yeah. Yeah. New York Post, yeah. How Something about that, Leah? Wow. Yeah. 
Hey, it was awesome to hear from the person that literally built that house with her hands. Yeah. It sounds like that you just kind of inhabit or whatever. Uh, it was cool to read. She talked about, you know, a little bit of you and Shefty, you know, a little bit of uh, who needs to break news first. Does our show directly affect and hurt you breaking news because we keep you here for conversations about Game of Thrones and Blackbird and stuff like that and you can't just be in your phone because we've seen 60 Minutes things and stuff on Schefter. He's actual robot. Yeah. Like he is actual robot all day every day in phone need to type up everything he thought that day everything he didn't every night yep. goes to bed same clothes wakes up in, in phone suit. he's not doing any of this bullshit fuckery. he changes clothes doesn't he? <laughs> no he sleeps in his suit yeah, yeah and he wakes month, i think they actually said he wakes up yeah. like that and then turns um, and then he flips up and both phones pop out of his palms glued to it. yeah and then it's just all day or whatever <laughs> that's what we learned you don't seem to be like that but it does feel like that is a direct you're direct that is who you are you understand you're going against so you have a friendly relationship obviously competitors can have that but do you feel like you need to be a little bit more robotic and then uh, maybe that'll help you in your whole entire career or no um I, I really don't. I mean, this show, first of all, if this show is negatively interfering with my ability to break news and do my sort of real job, then I would stop doing it or do it less. And like, sometimes when news happens, I'll be like, I'll see you guys later because obviously my first responsibility is to NFL Network. But I have not speaking. The NFL as a whole, by the way, not just the NFL Network. You are you have a responsibility like uh -huh. yeah. I think all of yeah, us of really course. in round, by the way. Oh, yeah. But I just you know, everyone has to be comfortable with the way they do the job. And I've never felt like I can't go play golf or let's say I wanted to have a beverage or hang out with well, the family. Well, or six. Yeah. One, maybe, or more. Like, I've, I've never felt like I needed to be tied to this phone and not able to be regular. And I work extremely hard to try to be like a regular human. Um, because otherwise I would go literally crazy. Well, we appreciate you and what you bring to the NFL media world and to our show. And we understand anytime you got to do what you got to do, you got to do what you got to do. Now, a little less golf during the offseason yeah. would be nice yeah, for all help. of us, but I guess you can handle Not your thing. Though. All right, so let's talk about this. While you were golfing, okay, while you're walking around a bunch of different courses and boozing and going to the Pez Dispenser Factory and Museum <laughs> mm -hmm. and the Harry Potter Museum and everything like that, allegedly Tom Brady and Todd Bowles were talking about him missing maybe nine days in the middle of training yeah. camp during joint practices. That's the information that's coming out right now. Todd Bowles knew this was going to take place, so this means it was planned. It wasn't like out of nowhere some medical emergency took place. It's going to be at least nine days, they're saying. What happened here, and is Tom okay? That's literally the most important thing. Uh, and then let's kind of dive into the deeper of it that you understand of it. Okay, so here is everything I understand about this. It, it was planned. No one is worried. Uh, he's fine. It's not, to my knowledge, it is not a medical emergency related to him or I believe anyone close to him. I was told everything is okay. The best description I got about this was that it is important to find a work-life balance. Uh, kind of like we were just talking about. Not saying I'm like the greatest quarterback of all time, but I'm just saying finding a work-life balance is extremely important. Brady has been doing this for 23 years. He knows the scheme as well as anyone. He wasn't going to play in those two games anyway. So he steps aside to, it sounds like, do some actual personal things, family things. And let the other guys get the reps. Like a, like a baseball tournament for his son or something? Yeah, did they sign up? Oh, so when he was retired, they signed up to do something, obviously. That's what happened here? 
Uh, I don't know specifically, but my guess is Everywhere. just judging from the people I've spoken with that you're kind of in the right area. Like there is a family thing that I believe is happening that is good. He promised Giselle. Not- yeah, bingo. He promised Giselle. He promised the family we'll do this. And then when he decided to come back, there was an immediate, hey, we've been waiting to do this for literally 20 years at this point. And it's. To, okay, so that makes sense. I, I, not- I don't know. I don't know that for sure. But putting all the pieces together, and uh, understanding what it's like to have a wife and a family—if that was the case—that would make some sense. All right. Well, congrats to Tom and the family. Yeah. Here you go, Tom. Congrats, to Tom and the family. You know, holding true on that. I'm I'm intrigued by it because how many people knew you think that came out of nowhere, right? I mean, this came out of nowhere. I mean, I feel like I'm somewhat good at this and I was li- there literally yesterday and the only thing I got vaguely was someone calling me last night at like 9 and being like call me at 10 a.m. tomorrow and I was like okay and that was when practice started and it was like Brady's not here and I was like yes I'm aware but that's the only that's the only like vague thing everyone else who I talked to knew and everyone kept it quiet Everyone. I think my favorite part of this whole thing is there's somebody trying to become a source for you and they just weren't fucking good enough. Mm-hmm. Nope. Hey, I know. All right, shut <laughs> up. Bring me something when you got something. Sorry about it. Go ahead, AJ. Ian, I saw where Todd Bowles talked about, yeah, we've been, you know, they've been talking about this for, for a long time now and Tom wanted to come in and get the first couple weeks to build rapport. Is this something that he could have missed the first two weeks and then come in? Like, there's a timing. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, I feel like the the first two weeks was more important than – the preseason games because like I mean if you think about it we've seen you know we've seen uh we've seen people come in and quarterbacks get the reps they do the joint practices and then they don't play in the preseason games and that's and that's fine right so Tom wasn't going to play anyway so the basically the thing was the two weeks are more important so stay for that when the games come and it's going to be off day walk through like take that away and then be back when it counts. Okay, so we're all learning about this as it goes, as is Ian Rappaport, who we're speaking to. Uh, the man who is, his duty is to serve the NFL people right. with Thank information. Now, he doesn't know anything about this particular one with the greatest nope. player of all time right. in the middle of training camp. Uh, I mean, a little insight. Hey, it, d- it does feel like we kind of pieced some things together there because we were trying to rack our brains on what this could have been. That is really the only thing that actually makes sense whenever you think about him being a human as well as being a quarterback and also being retired for a certain amount of days where things could potentially get planned out mm-hmm. and then being like, I have to, hey, like, my family has given me a lot. I said I was going to do this when I wasn't playing. We're all happy I'm coming back, right? Yeah, if we are, I have to, I have to do that. that. That makes sense. Let's move on to another situation. Roquan Smith off of PUP for the Chicago Bears. Put out publicly that he's requested a trade because he didn't feel like the Bears were negotiating in good faith. Actually called to the owners of the team, the McCaskies, in the middle of his things, which I thought was another negotiation tactic by Roquan, which I thought was a pretty good one, to be honest. Uh, he's at practice not getting fined Today. he's there didn't practice how's that going and is that ugly right now or no first of all we do not know for sure whether or not he's getting fined uh it's one of the i mean and, and a lot of times we don't because you don't have to make it public and people don't want to but he is healthy uh, and i think the reason they removed from the pup list is because he's not injured so you can't really have a guy who's on the pup list who doesn't have an injury um so that's why they had to do it because he was fine uh, my understanding is he's not expected to practice. Um, and 
you know, what happens now is sort of anyone's guess. He has requested a trade. He's called an ownership, as you said. I haven't sensed any movement. No, I know the team would like to sign him, but I haven't sensed any, you know, movement toward that. Oh, shit. Um, as far as the ownership getting involved. So, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what tack they take. Like, do they come after his money or do they say, let's give this, this is one of our best players. Let's give us some more time and hopefully work out a deal. It, it, by taking him off this list, which, again, they had to do, it got really interesting. I don't know if they had to. They could have extended it, I think. But them doing that, I guess, is a bet of them saying, like, hey, let's figure out what this deal is and putting it on somebody else. Zito told me as you were wrapping up your answer there, Iberflu spoke that uh, he was asked why Roquan Smith didn't practice today, and he said you're going to have to ask him that. So this is a very yeah. fascinating yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. This is the hold-in era, right? We're in the middle. This is the hold-in yeah. era. This is the new CBA. Normally, we assume it's going well. That's why he's there, and it's close. This one seems to be going a different direction. You, yeah. were, you were the one that released the statement, I think, by Roquan mm-hmm. Smith. You were yeah. also the one that said he's looking to break Darius Leonard's number. You're tight with Roquan, and do you think that there's an end for this and an out for this or no? There are a couple different ends. I mean, they could make him the highest-paid linebacker in the NFL, which my understanding is their offer is, you know, is there, but it's not real. It's not a real highest-paid offer. Like, right? It's Fogay's. Yeah, it's like way back loaded. So like, you know, the last year has a high number and it makes the average high, but it's not real. Um, there's uh, a couple of things they'd asked him to do in the deal that he does not want to do. Uh, and it sounds like the manner in which they've come to him has not been... The tone, the tone of the contract. Yeah, just sort yeah. of like take it or leave it, which, you know, that's... I, I Like, these are always tough. And the fact that he doesn't have an agent means that they're speaking to him and not through his agent. So like, you can get a deal done, but... Sometimes you feel it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I think all of that is kind of adding up this. Now, again, like they could they could end up saying, you know what, we'll give a better offer. We'll make this happen. The owner will speak to him. He'll be a bear for life, and we can make this okay. Oh, yeah, um, you know, or what they could do uh, or what they could do is say, you know what, we're going to entertain offers to trade him and get as much as they possibly can. Oh, oh, oh. Uh-oh. Do you sign? Uh, no, 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 it's not him. What is it? Okay. It's uh, Dwayne Brown going to uh, the New York Jets to take the place of Mekhi Becton. Okay, congrats, Dwayne. OG, right? Big dog. Yeah. He's 30-something. Whoa. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, no, it's great. It's cool. He's still a guy. I mean, Dwayne Brown's awesome So well, as a guy. You don't like seeing people make money? I love it. Everybody should make money. I'm actually trying to find out how much money is what I'm going for now. Oh, okay. Hey, go get it. Hey, go get it, Ian. Uh, go ahead, AJ. Ian, what's going to happen with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo out in San Francisco? Uh, we're still in the waiting game portion of this whole thing. I mean, I, we're it's August 11th, so we're getting real close to when he should be fully cleared, which is good because it means that some team would feel confident enough to trade for him and he'd be able to pass a physical. But I still don't exactly see the path where he gets traded like unless there's some which be very unfortunate you know some sort of injury to a big time quarterback in a playoff team i don't know where he gets traded so it seems we are still in the waiting portion of this and probably the next great decision that will come is do the 49ers carry him you know my guess is they do not and they say you know what let's just let's just cut him now but i they don't want to cut him they want the draft pick so do they roll the dice and say, we're going to carry him on this salary and hopefully trade him? Or do they say, you know what, 
didn't work out with a trade. Let's just cut him. Is the is the not cutting him obviously because they want something in return? Whatever it will be at this yeah. point, we we are not going to cast what it would cost to get Jimmy G. Do you know what it would cost? I mean, it depends on it. Really, I hate not saying not like dancing around this, but it costs what someone's willing to pay. So if you're like a great team who suffers an unfortunate injury and you've gone all in for this year, oh. you'd probably be willing to give up a lot, like a second rounder. If you are kind of just sort of want them, but the salary's a lot, then you'd be willing to give up a lot less. Okay, so who's paying the salary and everything like that? Got it, got it, Right, got it, got like it. maybe the 49ers say, we'll pay some, but we want a really good draft pick. That changes the compensation. And also, they probably don't want you know to cut him and him go to Seattle immediately, right? That's also something? I That is, they do not want that. Yet. Yeah, yeah. That would be... And then, like, you know, I think they see him week two, if I remember. Like, they see him quick. So the whole thing would be very and interesting. Pete Carroll's still running gassers. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so, I mean, he What won- shoes was he wearing? The Monarchs, those- obviously. Go ahead, uh, Connor, What's your the, question. Last one. Jordan here. guy? What's that? He's not a Jordan guy? Oh, there's that, is that a spinoff? He's a 70-some-year-old white dude. He's wearing the Monarchs. Like, that's just <laughs> what, that's what happens. That's, you go to any mall, you uh-huh. do anything. Will Compton, mm-hmm. Spice Adams, right. yeah. Basically, that line you you will see that. Go ahead, yeah. Connor. Yeah, Rabshi. Why did uh, James White retire? Did he look at the Patriots and say, "God, the team sucks," or was he just kind of done with the whole thing? And is is no. everything on fire up there? The reports have not been great. Well, but, no, but let me ask really? the first part of this. James White. <laughs> James White retired because I think it was time physically his body like. He was dealing with an injury that just did not get better and, like, one of the biggest primetime players, like, of all time. You know, like, he's wow. he retired. I mean, seriously, like, 20 points in the second half against the Falcons in the game-winning touchdown, like, rock oh, yeah. Um As far as the Patriots, I've, I've seen the reports. I've heard the exact same thing as everything you've been reading. And so all of these sort of offensive issues are all true. However, I know Bill Belichick. I've seen the Patriots. I am still going to say I will trust in what they are doing, knowing that they always figure it out. And even if everyone's like, can you believe they're doing this? They always figure it out, and they'll be fine. We believe the same thing. Uh, I actually asked Connor the question earlier. Are we playing the fiddle on the Titanic after it already split? Are we riding this Titanic into the ground that Bill Belichick will figure it out? And he cut a promo. was like, nope. They don't have a number one corner because they got like seven good corners. Mm-hmm. They, the offense is brand new. They're going to figure it out. I believe that to be the case as well. Uh, we also believe that you're the man. We can't thank you enough for joining us, Appreciate Ian. It. Uh, Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Let's get some. Let's get some. Uh, yeah, you know. What do we say? Huh? Where's Jimmy going? Huh? Uh, Jimmy, where's Tom at? Yeah, yeah. What's happening? I mean, we just gave you three weeks of training camp stuff. Not that it was like heavy, heavy on news, but let's make it three we months. Some stuff to talk. Hey, remember what it was like in June? That was tough. Oh, you were golfing. Yeah. We were talking. Yeah, yeah. How was the Play training well. camp? Are you excited to be home? When'd you get up last night? Uh, I got home last night at like eight. I am excited to be home. Um, feels very strange. I got a couple more trips in me, but the the bulk of it is done. And yes, I will be uh, I will be seeing my oldest son tomorrow. Who's at sleepaway camp? We've been there for seven weeks, so it's all coming together. Pat. Here we go. Seven weeks. What the fuck? It's like you put your seven to go work on the railroad. What is that? Is this normal? It's a great. It's been a great experience. Can he make phone calls? Jesus. What? Can he utilize? Is this like? Is he allowed to use electricity and shit? Like, what do you mean seven weeks? That's a um, long time. He's he's allowed to use electricity. Like, there's a thing called a radio that he was able to use, but no screens. 
and so no phone. So we've talked to him three times, and we had visiting day, which was really a beautiful Man, thing. Do you guys like go meet in a cut co- like a like a jail booth? type yeah. thing, like a cabin? No, Dude, you get to see all the shoes that he made you. Okay, all right. <laughs> He's not in jail. Is this jail? Is that where he's? Is he in jail? Is this like he's a scary place ever? Everyone dead. should send their kids to one of these places. It's more of a northeast thing. Who is uh, northeast? Rap sheet. Oh, he's talking about the yups, I believe. Oh, okay. So what yeah, goes on? You guys. So rich people send their kids for two months in the summer to somewhere, and it's it's what is it? It's sports, it's nature, it's hiking, what? it's a lot of swimming. What? Like heavyweights? Uh, there's oh, what's yeah. The blob. <laughs> sounds like, he- yeah, sounds like heavyweights. 250? It's great. It's awesome. Is it heavyweights? What do you mean? <laughs> like great not movie. the actual the movie. The Tony reason Perkins. for heavyweights, no? vast, yeah. but that kind of thing? Launches kids. Uh, I haven't seen the movie, but oh, I'm just going to go All right, thank you so much. Hey, we, tell your oldest we said hello, you know, and we've talked to him just as much as you have in the last two months. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it, is, uh, it is certainly sweet. We appreciate your service to the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. Yeah, is a Super Bowl champion with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers within the last two years. I mean, he played for the Bucs, coached for the Bucs, and also had like a decade-long career in Arizona, Baltimore, Indianapolis, Philly, and Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, center from Penn State University. Ladies and gentlemen, A.Q. Shipley. Yeah, Always in the gym. Here we go. Here we go. We got to play this fucking game again. <laughs> well, it's not a game. Okay? You just move Jesus. one side or the other. You sit right. down. Hey, listen. Everybody else that comes on the show, which was seven people yesterday, uh-huh. yeah. have been able to figure it out. We assume you, with even your Kabuli. big brain from your gym, will be able to figure Hey, even Mark Kaboli. Yeah, even Kaboli. Even fucking out. Mark Kaboli and Art hey, Staples. Tell, tell my guy Meralda to fucking pipe down from the back over there. Whoa. What's your fucking problem, I don't dude. even think he said anything. Hey, what's, what's the hostility? <laughs> we're, we're having a great oh, day. Geez, Louise. What's your deal? Oh, what's your Thursday. problem? You're in the gym pumping iron. Drinking testosterone. What? What? You all right? No, no more drug tests for me, buddy. <laughs> hey, it's a good time. That's a good time. I mean, if you find anything that works, go ahead and send it to your friend in Indiana. Speaking of sending stuff to your friend in Indiana, um, remember last year you gave news to your college friend mm-hmm. that got out that B.A. and Tom Brady hated each other. Uh, mm-hmm. That came from A.Q. Shipley, uh, obviously, yeah. and we were upset with that because we go live every day. We thought we were pretty close with you. You didn't tell us that information. Now... The rest of the media world do not believe that you do not give that info, even though you got thrown directly under a bus, and that's never happened before. You got fucking murdered. Uh, it wasn't worth it. This year, I would like you to just spill everything you know right now so there's none of those situations potentially in the future. You have a lot of friends back with the Bucks. Tom Brady leaving for nine days in the middle of training camp. Ian Rapport kind of clarified it a little bit earlier. He might have. We don't know if this is real or not, but we're just kind of assuming. He might have agreed to a trip with his family in the middle of training camp whenever he was retired, and it was kind Kind of a part of the whole thing when he came back. You don't have to tell us what you're hearing in that front, but did the players know this was happening, do you think, in your eyes? Did other coaches know this was happening? It kind of came out of nowhere, and what do you think Blaine Gabbert's going to do with this now that he's kind of the guy for at least the next week and a half? Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think anybody knew about it. I mean, I'm sure anything that happened was between Todd and Tom, and um, he's obviously reserved that right, being the greatest to ever do it, and being the ultimate professional, and knowing that you know, here in two, three weeks or whatever, when he decides to come back, like he's going to trust me, he's going to be running. He's going to be working out. He's going to be doing 
watching film, being he'll be ready to roll, and he knows that system inside and out, obviously. Um, as for Blaine, Blaine's the ultimate professional. He's got so much respect around the league and definitely in that locker room. Those guys love him. They're going to play for him. They're going to play hard for him, and he'll be able to kind of captain that ship and run that ship until, until Tom comes back. What do you think it's going to be like when he's gone? Like, is with the receivers, you know, Julio Jones comes to the team this year, oh. different things like that, like – do you think it'll take more time for him to build rapport with them, having these 10 days off, whatever he's doing? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it probably will. But I think ultimately, like I'm, I'm telling you, he's so good at when he comes back at getting that extra work. And you saw it, you know, I mentioned it, you know, whenever Antonio came to the team, what he was doing with him in between periods. So I'm sure he'll be doing a lot of the same stuff. He'll have to get back up to speed with, you know, Mike, when he comes back off his uh, little minor injury, and then with Julio and Russell and all the other guys. But trust me, they're, they're, when he comes back, he'll be full steam ahead and grabbing those guys in between periods and working on timing, working on different things that he wants to work on getting ready for week one. So this is not that big of a deal, although it is very abnormal. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's different. But again, like if there's one guy that you want to be dealing with this with on any team, on any roster – it's that guy on that team with that roster. Yeah, be who you can afford to be. Blaine Gabbert will be able to fill in. I don't think they'll have to, you know, just restart periods every single day because Blaine Gabbert has no idea what he's doing. So hopefully they'll be able to get effective work. And when Tom comes back, we'll all be happy. Of course. Happy to hear it doesn't sound like anything, like, devastating mm-hmm. happened. You know what I mean? Like, it's being planned out. Who knows? I guess we'll kind of try to figure out more as we go. Bob Hainsey, the center out of Notre Dame. Uh, he is now the starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers due to Ryan Jensen's unfortunate injury early. We hope Jensen recovers well. We're big fans of Jensen, as is everybody around the league. Bob Hainsey carted off the field yesterday. Oh. Bob Hainsey also trained with you all offseason. Mm. Is he okay? Is he ready? And how is he doing? <laughs> Yeah, he's fine. I mean, I got I got I got the text yesterday. I started getting all these text messages when he got carted off. Like, oh man, what's going on? And then, as soon as he got off the practice, he really sent me a text. He was like, "Hey, just want to let you know. I'm sure you've heard some things. I'm good. I cramped. I'll be back." Okay, here we go. Man, oh, it's hot down here. It's hot down here. It's hot. hot. Yeah, yeah. And they moved and they moved practice back yesterday. Typically, it's an eight forty five start with the joint practice with the Dolphins. They moved it to ten thirty start. Oh, so it's too the late. Sun. A little later in the day, the humidity, the heat got to everybody. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Sounds like poor conditioning. Yeah, that's what I'm training. saying. Training oh, coming into the season. You should train harder. Is it a full body cramp? Yeah, I mean, it's, it sounds like it. I told him if he ever gets carted off for a cramp again, no longer able to train with me ever again. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> they probably forced him to do it. Let's just uh, act like that is. And AQ, I led off the show talking about how the importance of preseason games has kind of gone this way for a lot of people's eyes. Not everybody, but a lot of people's eyes. And the joint practices have kind of gone like this. Back in the day, like one team, two teams. Well, I guess it would have to be two. Two teams would do joint practices. The rest of the league would not. It was kind of looked down as like a negative. Now it's almost like evaluators like it because they can see preseason game-like atmosphere and evaluation and practice like four times as opposed to just one. Coaches like it because they can see a wider group of people. Players hate it because they have to go harder, I think, and there's more potential looking at their job. Did you guys do that last year? And what are your thoughts overall as joint practices for teams, both as a coach, which you were, and player in the offensive line, which probably hated joint practices, if I had to guess? As a player, I absolutely despised joint practices. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Going to have to ramp this thing up for four more days leading up to a preseason game. Um, You just don't know what to expect, right? Like, you don't know who you're going to have to go against. Like, if you get a guy that's a super high motor guy, it's going to make your week of practice absolutely miserable. Um, 
as a coach, I think, yeah, I think you enjoy it. You get to see guys going against different guys. You know, things become monotonous. Things also become you're able to kind of study your opponent if you're going against the same guy in training camp. Well, and then you can kind of figure things out, and it's not as challenging maybe as it would be going against somebody else. So I think those things can definitely help, and I think they – Typically, when you do these joint practices now, player, it is starting to become a little better for players because typically when you do it, then the starters aren't playing in the game. So you're kind of getting your action beforehand and then you don't play in the game. So it ends up being a little better, uh, I think, than it used to be. It used to be fucking full tilt go and then go again in the games in the preseason, probably back when AJ was playing and we were playing. But, like, now they've started to kind of figure this thing out a little bit and get the work in during the week and then sit them out for the game. AQ, what was it like playing for Joe Paterno? Do you think he could have made the jump to the NFL if he wanted to? I mean, yeah, I, mean I, I, I loved playing for Joe. I think he had plenty of problem? offers to go. I think. What? It's a question. AQ played for him. Yeah, Joe knew. Sorry, AQ. As a football coach. Yeah, I, I, knew, I, knew, I knew they were going to go. I knew they were going to go there. But, um, no, talk about football. You know, he, he, Hey, we're talking about Nebraska. Nebraska. You know a lot of stuff, but Joe definitely knew football. So go on. I'm sorry. He, he did. No, he was he was smart. He, he was super bright. And he was, uh, you know, he was he was a lot. Of, he was a lot of fun to play for. Because again, I've, I've talked about this a bunch of times. He never wore a headset on the sideline. So like he, everything he saw from the field, he was able to just kind of diagnose without getting all this other information from everybody else. So. Loved playing for him. Thought he was super bright. Thought he could have probably made that jump. Had plenty of opportunities to do so. Just loved being being up there and stayed there. You Jesus love that cult, don't you? <laughs> I mean, you love that. Are they going to win? Hey, are they ever going to win again? No. Penn State ever going to win? I don't. This is this is a, this is the first time in a long time they're not ranked in, in the preseason. Oh, oh no! Are you guys even a thing know. anymore? Is it even a thing? Are they even going to do the uh, what is it? Uh, we the white eye? Uh, oh, yeah, sure. Is that even going to happen anymore? Are you guys even a football school anymore? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go back for the whiteout Minnesota game. I'm going back for it. First oh, time in they're rowing the boat in the happy Are you guys even a team anymore? Not ranked in the we'll top. We'll find out. We will find out. Wow, is that tough? That's got to be tough because Penn State always super proud. Now it's just Ohio State's fucking conference. That's just how it goes nowadays. Well, they did. They did secure a nice uh, TV deal. I did see that. Mm-hmm. They did secure a nice TV deal. That that conference is getting paid. Yeah. Not with not with ESPN, I know. Sorry, you guys won't be able to call their games. I know you're disappointed. Oh, so you don't want to be a part of it, sounds like. Oh, you guys okay. talk. Yeah. Well, cool. you, you're the only person that knows anything about college football out of the whole fucking group, and you just said you guys. Not you don't want to be a part of it? Of course I want to be a part of it. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> we'll pick like a Penn State kit. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, they'll Sorry. never be on prime time. What are you talking about? They won't be on ESPN. We're only doing prime time games. <laughs> Clown. That's even hey, the, Penn, the, the Penn State Ohio State game is a noon kickoff. They're doing that noon thing. I don't like it. I'm, I'm so used to the night games. Though you guys aren't in the top twenty-five anymore, schedule makers are like, "Well, we got money to make here." Let's Sorry, end. I mean, are they doing sandstorm that game? No, no, no. no. Well, we we don't want it. Here's a picture of AQ whenever he was a member of the cult. He, cool uh, looking lean. You are looking very lean. Tattoo looks hilarious there. Fifty-seven, obviously. You were like the Nittany Lion when you were there, right? Love Penn State. Everything. What about kind of shoes is Joe wearing? Asics. Those are the those are the Air Paternos right there. <laughs> Those would be great kicking shoes, by the way. They have uh, little baseball cleats on the bottom of those, if I do recall. Yep. 
Yeah, I yeah. remember seeing those. He's sprinting. He's giving sweet white laces. Is hey. this when he shit his pants or? Whoa! Oh, come this on. This game. That's fucked up. You you could only wish to be at something so long yeah. that your fucking butthole doesn't operate properly anymore while you're on the job. Okay, Nick. You could only ain't that right, AQ? I mean, there's no chance I'm making it that long. So God bless him. Well, we were actually no we were actually talking a little bit ago. There is a full body re, uh, what is that called? Transplant. Transplant mm-hmm. that they're uh, developing. So we, I might be playing for Penn State like sixty years, sixty, from now. 30, yeah. seventy years. Let's from go. Now. Put an eighteen year old body on me. You know, maybe I'm a let's, coach. Let's quarterback. Go. Mike McQuarrie isn't there anymore, so maybe I'll be able to be judged as Penn State material. You know what I mean, AQ? I hear you. I hear you, man. Hey, Maybe how, one of these days. How good a news is that that I did not go to Penn State, by the way? Neither of us would have made it to the NFL. I mean, there would have been no opportunity or chance in hell. Kicked out for sure. For sure. Kicked yep. out for sure. Mm-hmm. Pretty happy we didn't go down. And now Morgantown was Baghdad on <laughs> different occasions. But I do believe if you would have mixed me and AQ at a much earlier age, it would have been much worse. Uh, Ty Schmidt, Iowa Hawkeye, your question for AQ Shipley. Yeah, AQ, we're seeing a lot of these teams uh, in camp now where they'll shuffle guys around on the line trying to figure out who their five are going to be. And some of these. He's got like the Packers, for instance. They got you know two guys down, so they have certain guys playing a different position like every single day. How many guys in the NFL can actually uh, excel at like multiple positions on the line? Like, do you see that very often or no? So if you're if you're a backup guy, that it has to be it's a prereq. Like you cannot make the team unless you can play multiple positions. The guys that have that four position flexibility those guys can play forever because they can literally just plug and play at both guards both tackles or whatever whatever those four positions may be so um because typically on game day you're, you're only dressing seven so if you're one of those backup guys you get the one guy's got to be able to play center or guard the other guy's got to play guard or tackle you might have one guy that can play all five or another guy that can play four or whatever it may be but it's it, it's it's got to be a prereq. The guys that go into camp and they're not the starter and they're a right tackle only or a left tackle only, pretty tough to make the team. You think you have to get that situated? Like your your five starters that you have, your core O linemen that you need, do they need to be set from day one? Like how how big of an advantage is it if you go into week one with your five and you keep those five throughout the season and you don't lose anybody? And follow up: When do you know that the chemistry is not working with five guys? Because isn't that the most important part of the whole thing? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 ideal to have it early. I mean, the earlier, the better. It's ideal, right? And whenever, you know, you get a guy that has to plug and play at a position, it is so different, especially if they – I mean, everybody plays differently, right? Everybody steps differently. So you're so used to working a backside combo double team with this guard that you've been doing it for, for seven, eight, nine weeks, whatever. And in some of these cases, it's years, right? And then you, this guy gets – goes down, he gets hurt, whatever it is, and now he's out and somebody gets plugged in. He does something completely different. It might take five weeks to kind of figure out how to work the backside combo with this guy as opposed to the guy you were working with for a long time. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess to answer your question, ideally you would want it earlier, and it's all luck, right? I mean, at the end of the day, like the, the, there's very few teams that make it through a season with all five guys playing together from day one till the end. It's very few and far between. So that's where depth comes in. Like the teams that have the best depth on the offensive line usually 
are able to kind of carry through. Um, Boston Connor is going through an absolute hell time right now. Now, not that he believes any of it, but the narrative out of camp is that the Patriots are dead. The offense stinks. The defense isn't what it used to be. They're completely fucked. Now, a lot of the arrows all end up at the offensive line, though. The offensive line can't protect Mac Jones, which means the offense can't do anything. Is it alarming when you're learning a new scheme? Like, is it that difficult to learn a brand new scheme? I guess they're trying to do the Shanahan offense, uh, and they're bringing that in. Josh McDaniels is out of there. Is it that difficult to pick up a brand new scheme? And is it potentially just fit with each other? And do you think, how do you fix that? How do you think you write that problem as efficiently as possible? Well, let's start by saying we haven't even gotten to the first preseason game yet. So this means nothing. To sit here, yeah, to sit here and have full panic fucking mode at this point is absurd, first of all. Well, it's everywhere. Um, I know. It's loud. Because that, and that's just because there's no news. So, like, we have to have something to talk about, right? So, you, we, we we go crazy. And so, coach. you know, let's, let's just all settle down a little bit, see where this goes. Right. And But I will say when it comes to schemes, yeah, I mean, having a new scheme is completely different. And if we are making the switch to a Shanahan scheme, like, that's – like, listen, I don't think people realize how much work goes into those zone schemes because – yeah. It's a different thing. It takes so much work and practice. The teams that do it are full tilt running that zone scheme over and over and over. Individual. Oh, in remember the Titans. Trade. Yeah. We yeah, got it's, four it's plays. so much yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got it. And everything rolls off of that. So your footwork has to be right. The back's footwork has to be right. I mean, it, there's so much detail that goes into it. And so teams that try and just copy, you know, they see what San Fran did last year with all that inside-out stuff with check going in motion, kicking this guy out. And, you know, they're going for 30. Then they try and implement it, and it goes for negative two. And they're like, what the fuck? Well, it's because you didn't run it 480,000 times from the start of training camp till week four. So that is a very much a timing and chemistry thing that if we are – if you hear these people panicking, there's a good chance in about – five, six, seven weeks that they're going to have to walk back these words or they'll just act like they didn't say it at all? You have faith that they'll be able to figure it out up there? Well, I think ultimately training camp, defenses are always further ahead for whatever reason. See ball, get ball. From be- yeah, from the beginning of time, it's just they're, they're always further ahead until you get into – you know, your first preseason game or even your first game, then it's like, oh, shit, maybe we're not as bad as we fucking thought we were. We got our asses kicked by the defense all training camp, but we just put up 35 in week one. So it's just, you know, you you don't know what it's going to be. And I think you never want to question, you know, what Bill does up there, right? I mean, they may be behind for now, and but they'll be ready to come week one. Hey, especially publicly. (laughs) Like, people have... People publicly just come out and question Bill Belichick all the time. And I'm like, your motherfuckers are wild. Like, I, I can't. That is a very good. Because I believe in humans. You know, I don't believe in necessarily everything else. I believe that Bill Belichick, if he doesn't think Matt Judge or Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are figuring it out, he'll fucking go do it himself or find somebody else that'll do it. Like, I believe Bill Belichick won't let his team look like shit. Like, I just, yeah. when it matters, I believe that. But there's a lot of people that are currently having a full parade that Bill Belichick is old out of it and their offense looks terrible. Go ahead, Tone. Yeah, Coach, how much do you love uh, when everyone reacts to a video of one-on-one O-line, D-line drills like Jordan <laughs> Davis pushing the center back and he's anchoring like five six times how much you love that i it's the funniest it's it's literally the most unrealistic drill that has ever been created what? here we go here we go 
I love this. This is awesome. And as soon as I saw it, I said, there's oh. going to be so many offensive linemen that are pissed about this. That's, what, that's Yeah, what. there's zero offense. If, if there is a handful of guys that like it, they're different breeds, but I would say 98% of people, the minute that the seven-on-seven seven period shows up in training camp and the O-line, D-line got to jog over, every O-lineman's like, fuck, just don't look like a fucking asshole. Don't look like an asshole. Just – do exactly what that kid did on film. If you can just sit there and stay in front of him and fight, you're okay. But if it, just don't get embarrassed at the line of scrimmage. And that's what's that that's, drill? It's, it, he did that drill exactly. The strange drill. Hey, hey, what is that drill you guys do? That he was literally doing that drill. It felt like in the live rep, right? Yeah, I mean it's called bull hawk press. So it's exactly what it sounds like. You're getting a bull rush. You're locked on, you're hopping, and then you're pressing to extend. I Literally that. And if you and if you can do that and just stay squared up, nine times out of ten, the ball's gonna be out. Like everybody wants to sit there and say that, yeah, like, okay, of course. If that guy had no threat of playing the run, he just put his fucking head down and ran down <laughs> his chest. <laughs> like he held on, he held on, he held on, ball's gone. Hey, hey, great rep, bud, but the ball's gone. Yeah. Gone. yeah, this is offensive lineman's reaction, by the mm-hmm. way, to every single thing. And I think that was my reaction to the clip going viral is like, well, we ask any offensive lineman that's been in the league or any high level, they're going to say that this is a bunch of bullshit and the offensive line won, is what they're going to say. Jordan Davis came out and said to defend Cam, I believe is that kid's name. He said, yeah, but you guys aren't seeing all the clips where he's beating me. So he was actually like, this is what Jordan Davis actually said about the clip, kind of echo your sentiment. And I got massive respect for him saying this because he's a young guy with a lot of clout and he just got very over on the internet. And this is what he chose to say about his teammate. I love this guy, I think. I hate it, honestly. You know, um, I just feel like it's uh, shows it's very one-sided. You know, you see one repping, but you don't see Cam just, you know, blocking me and, you know, getting me at practice and, you know, getting me in the other rep. So, you know, um, I always say, you know, looks can be deceiving. So, uh, you know, one it's rep awesome. and it goes viral, yeah. whatever, whoop the whoop. But, you know, Cam is holding whoop his own. Whoop. He's a very good player, and it's just good competition. It's iron on iron. So, you know, you see the background of everything, but um, don't, let the, don't let the hype get to you. I love that. I love that guy. Great answer. And by the way, AQ, you're fucking lucky you retired, dude. That dude's six foot six, three hundred eighty, <laughs> ran a four five. You know that. Listen, about five years ago, I kept telling my, I kept telling my wife, I'm like, listen, <laughs> I gotta get the fuck out of this league. <laughs> these guys, these guys keep getting bigger, stronger, and faster. I don't, I don't know how I keep hanging on here, but I gotta get the fuck out of this league. So. I'm kind of happy I got out when I did because it's just, I mean, they just, especially on the D-line, those guys just keep getting freakier and freakier. It is wild the amount of talent that those guys just keep bringing in. And I like the mindset there, AJ, in the middle that you said, I love this. I fucking do too. That guy's national champion. That guy's... I'd have drafted that dude number one overall if I'd had a conversation with him probably. like I mean, yeah, like I don't know. I just love that. A dude that's that dominant and he instantly talks. He's 21 years old probably, right? And he is he's smart enough and has intelligence and awareness to do it. So, yeah, I think his teammates probably love him, too. Because he could have talked around that. You mm-hmm. know, he could have not taken credit, but also let the video continue to go. Yeah. And instead, he's like, nah, listen, this ain't yeah. this ain't real life what's happening. I appreciate it. I think we chatted about if you can draft a guy that there's not going to be an equivalent to, like, why wouldn't you draft that guy? What do they say? He wasn't in shape during the season or something like yeah. that. Yeah, not, not every down player. Every yeah, he's not every down He's not every down. He's six foot fucking six, 380, running a four six. Yeah. He's not in every down. What the fuck are we even talking about? Because of his shape, I think. AQ, he would have fucking bull rushed you <laughs> so hard. 
you would have been just ball be out though. You'd be Michelin man and rolling uh-huh. right back. People. Hey, balls out, balls out in one point eight. Just bull hop press, baby. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! We appreciate you joining us, brother. Have an incredible day. Tell the family we said hello. Always a pleasure, guys. See if, you guys. if you talk to Blaine, tell him we said congrats on being starting yeah, quarterback. Yeah, we'll get right. Blaine. Congrats, Can't Blaine. Buccaneers. Ladies and gentlemen, AQ Shipley. AQ! I felt good about it. I felt really good about it. Did you hear Kirk's first words? Which ones? It's like when someone asks, um, if Me? someone's like a diehard conspiracy person and someone would be like, what about this? And they'll ask him like a direct question. Kirk said, let me say this about Coach Zimmer. Let me say that when you start with like, well, let me say this <laughs> yeah. or something like that. I feel like it's okay. Here we go. Like I'm very classy move to how he went about it, but you don't start it like you don't initially say, well, Coach Zimmer was great. Like I had a great time with Coach Zimmer. Like you just start with that weird qualifier. Well, I think the qualifier is for him to remember exactly how he wanted to give this answer when it yep. was finally given to him or asked to him. You know, he had obviously thought about this. He has known this was coming as soon as that quote that the uh, host there that became that came from the Minnesota Vikings YouTube. Yeah. Like the actual team. They, they put it out. The team's YouTube, yeah. Great question, by the way. I appreciate and respect the way that question was laid out. Direct quote, two pages. Mm-hmm. Two pages, the entire quote. Was he right? That's a great fucking, just kind of to put it in there. And the way Kirk handled it very professionally, I think they're all probably pretty happy to be moving on, though, including Zimmer. I mean, I bet you Kirk Cousins is excited and Zimmer is excited about the new and the new life they're living. But I... The more I think about the Vikings, the more I'm like, I like the Vikings. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I like that Vikings team this year. Don't you? I mean, how could you not? They, they, whatever the change of scenery, the, whatever the offense is going to look like with the new young play caller head coach coming in there, like, they feel like they have, like, a new – like, there's some well, new juice GM. there, some new vibe. Uh, GM, GM doesn't so. think so, but, I mean, that's every, tough. everybody <laughs> – that's tough. What a way to describe that. Go ahead, Connor. It is awesome, like, the Vikings team. Like, Justin Jefferson is so fun to watch. Dalvin Cook's unbelievable. And Thielen's a dog. Thielen's a dog. Hey, like, we might have a Thielen here in Indy, by the way. Go ahead. That's right. What do you mean? Alec Pierce. We got a guy, I think. Go ahead. Oh, well, one of the guys, just one of the linemen who they drafted who's a rookie is getting like unbelievable comparisons and reviews. Like Rap Sheet talked about it once on his show, show that this guy, Christian Derrishaw or something, plays tackle left or right. He's getting like Trent Williams comparisons right now. So they think they got a guy up front. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Yeah. Um, I like the Vikings. They still got yeah. Cook running the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Still got Cook. Changed his number. New well, yeah, cook. eight, right? Uh, four. Nine, four. Four. He was going to do it a year beforehand, but they told him, yeah, you're going to have to pay us $1.3 million to do that so we can get all your uh, jerseys off the shelves. But if you'd like to wait a year, we can try to sell all these, and then you can do it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to opt to keep a million bucks mm-hmm. and uh, change my number next year. He looks awesome. Those, those single digits, AJ, looks so cool, dude. I love single digits. I mean, I, it's, it is kind of weird when you see a guy for so many years – in a normal number, and then all of a sudden he switches to single digit. It does look great, but it takes a minute to figure out who he is. I don't think every position looks great, and I'm not going to be the one that hates on or rains on anybody's swag. I think there's some positions, though, it looks much stronger with uh, – Like what? You, do you like when D linemen wear a single digit? That's exactly what I'm referring to, yeah. Like somebody gets a big-time sack. Like I, outside linebacker, rusher, I get it. But, like, it just – I feel – it feels more powerful to me, like a 90, yeah. like after – you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. But that might not be what they're going for anyways. They might be going for the yeah. mm-hmm. swag, clean look out here. I'm an athlete. I get it. I understand. I appreciate it. But I think there's some situations that call for some numbers. In a, you know, I might be old guy in the front yard type thing, but some sack dances I see, I'm like, well, mm. it kind of 
Should be in the nineties. And number seven doesn't look. Yeah, nah. <laughs> yeah, it's a. You know what I mean? Like I just, I think there's some. I mean, he better be a monster. If he's well, a D lineman yeah. wearing single digit, he has to be. He has to take over the game too. But, and that means what? At one point, he was probably a running back, wide receiver. Then he just grew, okay. got big, got mm-hmm. into the an athlete. A diff- yeah, mm-hmm. absolute freak show of an athlete. If that's the case. The opposite of that too. It's been weird seeing Julio Jones in '85 because mm-hmm. he was 11 and then two. Yeah. yeah. Now out of nowhere, he's in looks the bigger, doesn't he? Is that yeah. right? He was born 1985. Is this a Crosby move? I don't know. Is that it? I don't know. That would make sense. Julio's not one year no, younger he's than not me. That old, I was born eighty four. Yeah. Is it? Is he younger than me? He's younger than me. I think so. I mean, eighty five. Yeah, I don't thirty seven. He's not thirty. No way. He's, 30, he's like thirty two, right? Thirty three. He's born eighty nine. Eighty nine. What was the eighty five for? Do we know what the history behind eighty five was? Probably the open number. Antonio Gates. Yeah. Chad Ochocinco. Oh, this is why. Uh-huh, he's probably. a big fan of Antonio Gates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Great player. Great player. He was. Should have seen him play basketball. He's golden flash. Yeah. He's fucking in boards, dude. Well, he That's wanted right. he wanted eighty one because of Phil Kessel, but that was also taken already. So. Julio Johnson? Yeah. So, <laughs> he also loves popping hot dogs. So, unfortunately. Julio Jones does? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I saw him one time in real life and I, I just feel like he just eats muscles. <laughs> yeah. He's he's too big and too fast. He's fucking just at in he has a chip on his shoulder again. Now, uh-huh. not that he didn't last year, whatever. I don't know what the fuck happened last year. I don't know why it didn't work. But these clips coming out of training camp, he just mossed a motherfucker yesterday in Miami. Miami has good DBs too, right? Like, yeah. They got some good – I think yeah. that was on Javon Holland too because he's number eight. He's one of their best safeties. And you see Tom, just him and Julio in exact rhythm again. And it's just like, of course. Yeah. Of course. This guy was just out there ready to go to any team. <laughs> any yeah. team. Maybe even as one with his old quarterback. Yeah. If you're a Tampa fan, though, you have to be worried about Tom not being there. Like, yeah. these guys might not be on the same page the first fucking 16, 17 weeks of the season. You think Julio's going to check out like he did last he year might. with Tannehill? Probably. He might. Oh, no. Or he develops a very strong rapport Blaine. with Gabbard, and he's like, hey, I'm not playing for Tom. Okay. Blaine's my quarterback. Tom with you. Hey, I've heard Blaine Gabbard is a absolute beauty. I've heard yeah. from everybody that's ever met him, been like, dog. Yeah. I've Blaine, only heard good things. Blaine's a beauty. Yeah, you would love it. I got one FaceTime from somebody within the crew one time, and it did appear as if we would love Blaine <laughs> in that particular FaceTime. Let's do some more phone calls and then get the hell out of here and go watch these games tonight. Huh? Here we go. Pumped. Let's go watch these games hell tonight. Let's watch these Patriots. Huh? Let's watch these Patriots. Come on. Let's see what Hoyer's got. Is the starting O line playing? They are, right? They have to. I honestly have no idea who's playing. I don't you know only have. Even... Sounds like they need as many reps as possible. Yeah. So if we give both good practices and games, yeah. let's go ahead and get them in all these things. I, I assume they have like six plays because they're not going to want to show much. <laughs> and they also might Do not they have know. much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go to the phones. Hmm. Let's go, Gino, Queens, New York, from Compton, and Queens, New York. Gino, what's going on? Five Energy <laughs> phone line. Hey, what's up, Pat? AJ, the boys, how you doing? Keep moving, Jim. Pies on. What do you want to talk about? Hey, so I just want to let you know, I'm loving, I'm loving this Mets content oh, coming yeah. out of this program. Okay. Uh, yeah, and, you know, longer. I wanted to talk about oh. we know you'll lose interest. Ed Win 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 Diaz. Thank you. Let's talk about Ed Win so, Win Win Diaz. <laughs> My guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there seems to be a direct correlation between his, you know, his great performance and his electrifying walkout. This guy, when he was in Seattle, he had Narco going. As soon as he came to the Mets, he changed the walkout song and he stunk. Then, 2020, he changed it back to Narco 
the trumpet's blaring. He's been, you know, going lights out since. So I just wanted to, you know, point out that I I know you guys are talking about how, you know, oh, this guy stunk for a little bit. Yeah, it's because he didn't have his uh, great walkout song. Thank you, Gino. Ty, fuck off. You don't know How about that? You Ed Luz Diaz. I I I never said that. Yeah, you did. It's it's (laughs) Ed Luz Diaz because they were... They refuse to let him play his music. New owner comes in and goes, listen, we'll pay whatever fucking rights we need to get the trumpets. Okay? If that's what's going to make you go 32-0 and or whatever at this point on the season, let's do it. I think there is something to it, though. So this is like when you speak something into existence, you put pressure on yourself to accomplish it. If you're coming out to that big of a song and dance, like that is a lot of pressure to perform. There is a chance that something like that happening has made him a better, maybe more focused, and also more like... You know, ready to fucking go in that whole thing. I think there's a chance that some sociologist or psychologist would tell us that whenever you amplify a situation, you are much more likely to be in tune to the situation. But I'm not a fucking doctor. My brain is smaller than most. Also, I imagine it's much like the the games he's closing now. Like they matter. Like when the Nets or when the Mets weren't good, it's like yeah, you still want to do well, obviously. But like you know, like they're they're a good team. Like, it, it actually matters. They need him to close these games out. They're really good, right? Yes, yeah. really good. We're winning the World Series. Fucking, uh, we got a pennant. Oh, oh, we yeah. are. We, we are. Uh, yeah. Goddamn right. We. Yeah, dude. Okay. Anyways, fuck it. He can't do that whole thing and get bombed on. No. Bingo. Like, no. actually can't happen. Actually can't happen. You would stop doing it. They would stop playing it if he was getting well, blasted. I remember pitching that I wanted, uh, I forget what song I wanted to come on before I punted. And uh, in the games, I was pitching this. It was is that awful. a thing? No, but it, like I was. Pitching. <laughs> no one's usually celebrating the punt. Yeah, you're normally getting booed on. So I wanted to kind yeah. of cover up the booze in our stadium, maybe with a song. And like I even, I think I even said like a batter would come out for mm-hmm. a music or whatever. And I was asked, well, what happens when you just hit a shank immediately? Like, what is there? I'm like, well, I won't. Like, if you give me this fucking, you know, heater, I'm not going to do. It. And they're like, I don't know if we need to be the first team to do this or whatever. I'm like. All right, whatever Something the case. About- All right, so whatever the case is, so you know, it would just be a, an announcement, uh, kind of a parade of booze at home, and then on the road though, I was getting fucking standing ovations yeah. coming yeah. on. It was awesome. Backed up punt in Houston. You would have thought I was the goddamn JJ Watt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was coming out there, place going bananas. Hey, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you too, man. Come on. All right, here we go. There's a that would be sick. They asked Evan McPherson if he would do it. He said um, it was an M and M song. That he would play if it was to come on before he was to come out and kick a field goal. Really? But that is like uh, the the bigger you make the moment, if you don't succeed, you look like an absolute jackass. So like yeah. I, I think there is something to that. It's almost like speaking something into existence, you know, AJ. Like it holds holds them accountable. It's like when somebody says, "Hey, I'm going to lose 30 pounds within the next three months," and they say it online. They say they post it on there for everyone to see. Like they feel like, okay, I don't want to let people down. And by the way, I think the internet has amplified this to your point. You say you're going to do something, you're going to be like, bet. All right. You know, like that. That's like Zito's probably feeling that right now. Oh, yeah. Because we're talking about him getting into a full, hey, let's go. Let's go. Me too. I speak publicly about, you know, where I'm at in hopes that I will stay motivated and being a healthy person. Uh, I've not found the successful manner yet, but I think Zito has. Zito's all in. Hey, already seeing a difference and feeling a difference, by the way. Really? Yeah, energy and everything. Yes. Like every- I saw his whole program he has set up. Like Zito's got a great thing going. It looks oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, and we're happy for his health, Thank Zito. Not an easy decision to make. Not an easy thing to do. You're crushing it. I'm trying to do the same thing right now. But yeah, I think publicly, putting something on public just puts more pressure on people to do stuff. Good call there by Gino. Hey, boy, Gino. Good call. Hey, Gino. Come out to some basic 
bum ass, no rights needed song. He was just jogging out there. Everybody didn't even know. Go get some popcorn, hot yeah. dogs. And if you get bombed on, nobody cares. If you bring in Timmy Trumpet, which the Mets are doing, by the way, probably put him on top of City Field, if yep. I had to guess, with a spotlight the next time he comes in and he's hitting it. They said potentially he's going to walk out of the bullpen with, with him. him. Okay, which, that's what I'm talking. If you do all that, that's going to be awesome. jumping the shark there because yeah, if he get, if he blows that save, like he's dead, he can never do this again. But that's what we're talking about. Like he won't because yeah. he uh, knows. But speaking, of, imagine how cool it would be if Timmy Trumpet does walk out with him in first pitch. Just yeah, that would be feet. awesome. That no, would it be would awesome. Not. That would be. So hilarious. We should want this to happen more. Who do they so, play when he's doing this? Listen, we don't know because we don't know if Probably he's coming out. Probably the Nationals right? or something. Well, that's what it'd be smart if they're going to do this to be like, okay, let's make sure we're playing like the fucking Marlins or the Nationals or something or like Bucco, that. Buccos. Or the Buccos, yeah. The team that has uh, cell phones in their back pocket. We're right. up 12 nothing when he comes in. Well, well then that's not a save. Right? That wouldn't count as a save. Yeah, no. I guess. No. You don't know baseball, dude. Stop talking about baseball. You're embarrassing yourself. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> What if they're up one nothing and he comes in? There you go. Uh, that would That's be a, a save. save. Yeah, it is. And that would what, be what makes it a save then? By the way, three one or... no, one nothing at three or less. One nothing would be the perfect time because there's been absolutely zero electricity in this game. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Then fucking Timmy Trumpet hits that fucking wall with him. The lights are going spotlight, and then he just goes one two three. Oh, that would be amazing. sweet. Yeah. That would be sweet. That would happen again and again. It would start happening more probably. But if there, uh, there's a walk and then there's a bomb and that thing's <clears> over, that's going, I don't know if that's going to take place ever again. We'll so see. I hope I'm it rooting for entertainment in baseball, yeah. unlike you fucks that do not want That it. would Sounds be entertaining. No, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, that would be like top-tier entertainment. It would never happen again for the next 20 years. Oh, we never guys. get this opportunity again if this Well, was then you can always go back and watch you know, the video that you've been watching and just know, hey, we always had this. I have been watching that video every morning. I try to get that fucking song going. It's awesome. I feel like I mean, Mariano Rivero got he gave up. He didn't win every time. Like he, that's right. He blew a few saves. Yeah, he's the greatest closer of all time. Okay, let's he stop. Is. Let's not be fucking comparing Edwin Diaz to. Mariano I'm saying the music Rivera. though. What? Yeah, yeah understand. He fucking song. earned that. Uh, he's gonna. <laughs> watch this putting people to sleep. Is that why? Yeah, because guess what? When Enter Sandman was playing, the game is over, okay? <laughs> Take my hand. We're off, off the yeah, Edwin Diaz train. That's where everybody went. Everybody went right from Mariano Rivera, right to Edwin Diaz, and you can't take it. No, that's your problem. Again, I, uh, this is what Sorry. I said. You know, he's done it for this year, and that's great. If he does it like for the next 16 years in a row, then maybe we can entertain this conversation. He's going to, too. Because is Timmy Trumpet going to unlearn how to fucking play the trumpet? I don't think so. Nope. And Gino did some research for us. Anytime that fucking song's playing and he's walking through that outfield, game, set, match. Yeah. It has been this year. It no, has no, been. and six years ago. Yeah, in Seattle. You know anything about that? Fouch threw fucking gas. He, yeah, he's there. getting booed like crazy. Hey, he got booed in Seattle. I did not expect so, Fouch to get booed in Seattle. I saw the thumbnail. I didn't watch the clip. Did he Did he throw an, uh, some heat or what? Yeah, I threw absolute. <laughs> Dark. But was it better middle. than his last one? Yeah, yes, it yes. was. I think that's why people were saying it was good, right? Last time he threw it into a dugout. But, like, the boos in Seattle, I don't think anybody expected. Seattle, no. right? Everyone no way. Everyone hates him. I mean, I don't think he knows that though. Until no, that no. day, probably he right. She was Bonders. Created a pandemic, so. Oh, Tony is cannot say top line accusation. I, I, I just like let everybody that. know that we do not agree with what the character that is Tone Diggs, the hammer down cowboy, yeah. just came out of his mouth. That was not scripted by anybody else. That was no. not. Yeah. But I will say he is echoing the sentiment of other 
people that are in uh, potentially same vein as the character as yeah. Yeah. COVID Cowboy 10 Diggs. Yeah. Bob Richie, if he's watching, just stood up on his couch hearing that from Tony. <laughs> Kid Rock did too. Yeah. yeah. Both of them. He's got the He's in Indiana. <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> yep. That's Kid right. Where's he playing? Tomorrow night, Indiana's feeling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sold out Lucas Oil. They're seeing that tomorrow. I have seen the Kid Rock experience in Indiana before, long, like 10 years ago, 15 years ago. That was the story that I told where at 10.59, he came on and he said, they told me that if I play past 11 p.m., I'm getting fined like 500,000 bucks a minute or something like that. I told him, my name is Kid. And he carried this kid for like what seemed to be maybe 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. And then they did ball with the ball and then they walked off. I'm like. You literally did that for one song. That's yeah. awesome. I respect the hell out of that. Hey, we're going to pay a million and a half. We ain't going to pay yeah. more than that. We will have a statement, ball with the ball. You don't tell Kid Rock what to do, but we are going to get out of here, too. It was a hell of a night. A lot of people very intoxicated. Oh, of I course. can imagine. I, kids Where's he playing? What kind of venues? Lucas Oil. I don't know if it's that. It is. <laughs> is it? Sell out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just him, no other acts? Just, just him. Uh-huh. No, he's at Ruoff. He's at Kid unfiltered, four hours. <laughs> 100,000 people. He's at the same place fucking ZBB was. It's going to be bigger than Live Aid. Oh. Is he doing a TED Talk, too? <laughs> I, That'd be sweet. I, I don't know. I assume there's going to be some conversations had by old Kid Rock in the middle of his performance. Mm-hmm. ZBB, Zach Brown, there was numerous times I turned around. Yeah. There might be like 7,000 people in that at place. 6,000. It's huge. Packed. Huge. Packed. Is it an, is it an amphitheater? Yeah. Yeah. It's probably more. I mean, a lot of like the amphitheater is like ten or twelve. A lot of them. Really? Because was there really, grass? That is there lawn full. seating? Now it says it holds twenty five thousand. Holy fuck! That's the biggest. And the whole is lawn. It, the is whole it lawn. seats and then lawn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole lawn was full. Twenty thousand fucking people were in there. That's so many. That. There were so many people. It was jam packed too. Whatever the max is that he. So had. there's six thousand seats, and then the lawn is said to hold eighteen thousand. That lawn does not hold eighteen. Definitely no way. Not a chance. Who gets Stand it up. Not well, a why would they lie if that's how many, like, they're, they're selling that many tickets? There's definitely 20,000. I mean, don't know how many tickets he sells. Foreigner is opening for Kid. Look at that. Oh, yeah, that's a full-blown journey. Is that damn. Zach or is that just any other concert? Oh, any concert, I don't know. That's probably Zach. That, yeah. Dave comes every year. It's like that. I mean, like. Yeah, oh, that's like all the. Like, yeah. I grew up going to shows at amphitheaters like that in Ohio. It's packed out. Yeah, I mean, awesome. absolutely God packed damn. out. Twenty some thousand. Jeez. So that's good business to come do that. Because yeah. I always like wondered why Zach didn't do the fucking arena here. Like, why don't you do arena? And I talked to the people at the arena. Tried to. <laughs> you got rent, right? Well, that's a whole thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a whole thing. But the the amphitheater. If you're getting twenty thousand yeah, people, that's much outside, more than the, the arena. outside feels. Just it's a yeah. So it's a good better. vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Weather. Yeah. Now, only- granted, they're selling uh, like 40,000 tickets every single show at that place. Right. Only available for 20,000. They're selling them three, four times <laughs> a piece. True. Us bouncing around from suite to suite, noticing that we got fucked was a wild scene. You know, wild, wild scene. But a great night. Fucking great evening over there. Zach killed it. Yeah, he's so good live. Kid Rock's Yeah, I was going to say, you think he's good? Fucking, um, I know what you're doing tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> no, SmackDown. Well, not there. you. I'm saying this yeah, guy. Better play a fucking You're picture. tailgating, aren't you? Yeah. You kidding me? Been playing on this. You think he play, what do you think he plays? You new think, album. That's yeah. it. <laughs> new we al- the people. Yeah. He plays the hits. Yeah. He, well, he starts- plays the hits, but he's definitely playing the new album as well. What if he is on an actual rocket tomorrow? Yeah. 
that's shaped like a penis. <laughs> middle finger, I'm sorry, like a middle finger. <laughs> and he's going up over the amphitheater, all over top of them all. You want to make some money? Get a pop-up Buck Fiden t-shirt thing going. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I I believe before every song. Buck Fiden. You been sitting on that one? No, I like legit. I think I've seen pictures oh, yeah. of people we, at his, co- like, you know, just everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like that's an actual business motto. When I was business. in Nashville, they're basically handing them out on the streets. <laughs> I saw a couple of Zach Brown. Fuck you, fight it. <laughs> yeah. there might well, be a, I think that was. No, nah, I know. Yeah. They are actually requiring that chant to be started before he comes out. <laughs> how about how emotionally <laughs> attached to politics people actually get? Oh, it's crazy. Oh, God. oh really? I don't notice that. <laughs> Really? People get so, like, hey, I, just, I hate to break to everybody. I don't think anybody's going to be able to change anything. How it's about like, that? I, I understand check why. Check out Keith Oldman's Twitter again if you want If you want to see people getting angry. That dude is always mad. Dogs. Okay. What are you guys talking about? You guys aren't serious about it? Dogs, cats. Well, I'm just, listen, <laughs> I don't know that world enough, but I do know that it has captured a couple people in my sphere. You know, mm-hmm. my former teammates, friends, people that I've encountered throughout my journey of this dumbass life. And I've just seen on social them get completely like they're this is their just completely boom. And it's like, motherfucker, you and me have never read a book before, but now you're ready to go like all in. And then on the complete opposite end of spectrum, old Fred, same group going in the other way. And it's like, damn, like. I hate that this is what it's come to for these particular group of people, but I respect the fact that they found something that they actually believe they're changing the world with. And I don't, I don't know if anybody's going to succeed, but in the end, at least half of y'all motherfuckers are going to be disappointed and <laughs> everything. I think. And it's, it's tough for me to kind of dive into. I'm like, why would you sign up for that? It's exhausting. What do you mean? Yeah, like no if you, if, like the people I know, like buddies that I have or that are all in whatever side they may, they may be on. And I can't have a real conversation with them. I'm like, all right, man. Like, I'm I'm happy you found something you care about, but I'm not going to be talking to you for a while. I've given the "I'm proud of you" speech to <laughs> so many so many different so condescending. So many political parties at this point. It is a bit condescending. But why are you even? You know, I'm a fucking doofus. Why are you even talking to me about this? Like, man, you're going to change it too. Like, that's always my go-to. Like, I like that. Like, so what are we doing to make it better? You think? Well, that's on my job. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, hey, respect, dude. Well, Same I appreciate you telling me, man. And then somebody from the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Same exact situation. Same exact situation. Somehow, complete opposite way. Just as committed and sold and laying out and thinking they're going to change the world. I mean, I go, oh, I'm so proud of you, man. Yeah, you're going to do it. Now, I know that you do have some opposition. I'm just going to let you know that. I was talking to him just yesterday, actually. But you guys are good. Good luck. Fight a good, hard-fought battle out there. And I think ultimately you're going to look back and say, that was good use of my time. So good luck out there. Proud of you. And uh, let's enjoy this life. Huh? You don't know when you're going to die. Let's enjoy this life. That's, that has been, I think, kind of all of us that are trying to stay out of it for the last few years. And it's only intensifying, I think. It's only getting bigger and bigger. It's just hard to care when you don't care the your entire time. Like, I think I know people similar who kind of, you know, eventually get into it. But, like, if you've made it this far without being in it, how do you just wake up one day? Because you're changing the world, dude. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Like, yeah. If you've experienced what life was like before that, though, and not having to bark care. back and forth or care, how do you want to go into it? So, But we are not... We're not good members of society though, because no. we don't care. Like that's, that's how. We, that's what I get told. Like, well, you're. Oh yeah, that's yeah. You're being. They can irres- justify it. You're being irresponsible. Me, motherfucker, you don't know anything you're talking about. What do yeah. you even? 
Yeah. I'm at least open and saying, I don't know, though. You have no fucking idea. Oh, you don't think I know? Well, let me bring in this guy. Hey, <laughs> you two can battle on who knows more. And then, by the way, both of you uh, will stand here immediately afterwards, and nothing has changed. Mm -hmm. Okay? And then you just go your separate ways. That's mm -hmm. what politics is. Yeah, saying. pretty much. And it's funny, you know, listening to AJ, the biggest hypocrite yeah. in the room. I mean, we know what this guy was doing on January 6th, and he's up here <laughs> it's acting. It's his birthday. Like, yeah, exactly. Celebrating my birthday at home. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Happy birthday, AJ. Yeah. Hey, what day are we doing this? Yeah. You were my yelling charge, bro. My birthday's January 6th. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Let's hype it like that. That'd First be... off, I'm home row all day. I'm not one finger pecking. Nice. You know that. All right, well, way to go. You know that. <laughs> hey, you you ruined it, though. You you can try to put these uh, conspiracy theories out there. I was documented on camera on this program at my house on my birthday because Fuck. of you. Because you got the alumni band to come play. Yeah, you. Uh, uh, do you remember that? That yeah. was that same day. <laughs> Bob it, yeah, Bob tipped it like two hours before it actually <laughs> happened. Yeah. Bob, Bob <laughs> sounded it. like MCDC. Tell you what, man, never had to get a band together for a friend's birthday. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned for a surprise, yeah, man. Right. I fucking love General. But there's another thing. Should have maybe been a little bit like, hey, Bob, no need. Just keep it low. But on the other side, Bob did something, so I left. Yep. Mm -hmm. that's just, uh, that's <laughs> love what I, Bob. That's what I do with old Bob. All right, let's get out of here, huh? You think? Catch. Nope. Good day. I caught it. Didn't fall. It was off the wall. Is that not? Hits the wall? Catch it? No. No. Yeah. All right, let's do a poll. <laughs> oh, here it is. Yeah, this is kind this of is like it. the situation right. we were just talking about. So, uh, <laughs> off wall, it is a catch, AJ? Sure. No, no, he didn't know. Same fucking slam ball, pal. You can't hey, play. it's back. It is back. It is. What, who's who's giving the insurance for that, first of all? And what channel is that going to be on? I will not miss The spike. trampoline one? Is it yes. Spike? They're bringing Slam Spike back from the dead. This is all it's going to show. Let's who's go. commentating Man, Spike Ball? I would like to put to my name in the running for uh, Slam Ball. Mike Greenberg? Well, all right. I would like to be uh, on. I can't be on sideline. You could be his, his color commentator. Probably Bob Costas. That'd be sweet. Bob Costas and Mike O'Malley? Really? Yeah, I think so. Is Mo coming back? Mo! Michael Malley. That'd be sweet. Michael Malley's showrunner now. Michael Malley writes shows. Oh, nice. Guy who's okay. Global Guts. Yeah. Big Big Rob Riggle and Joe Tessator, maybe. Get called up. I got a text about the test shout out the other day, by the way. From yeah. Boston College alumni. Oh, yeah. Notable Boston College alumni, Joe Tessator's kid, John. Mm -hmm. Shout out. Just started his first job the other day. Congratulations. What's he doing? Oh. Huh? Crushing. Doing something good. He's Boston College alumni. <laughs> yeah, come on. JP Morgan, I think. Jesuit University. Probably, actually. J.P. Morgan. Let's go to the fence. Uh, before we get out of here, last question, our last call. Do you want to go to Connecticut or Texas? Compton? Texas. Queens? Anything but Connecticut, Texas. 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 Sorry about it. Let's go to Sam in Texas. How you doing, pal? I'm doing good, man. I don't know where I'm at, but I'm doing well. We're driving with my pup across the country, so I have no idea where I am. Oh, okay, nice. Oh, uh, well, you got, a, you got a phone? Safe journey. <laughs> There's a lot of maps. No, no, I'm going to ask you. I want to really, really quick. So I've been listening to a lot of wrestling music. How does the process of getting your theme song work? Oh, like, how does that process? I know Jim Johnson does all, like, the theme songs and stuff. Do you get a work in directly? And when's your theme song coming out from SummerSlam? Thank you for the question, Sam. Safe travels with your pup on the cross-country tour. I don't know if you're just living and doing or moving, whatever you're doing. I hope you enjoy the hell out of it. Getting out on the road experience hell in America. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's what I, I think watching that Madden doc, I was super envious of his ability to want to hop on that bus 
and like go see the country and stop and be on the road for like 13, 14 straight days. Like there's no way I would ever be able to do that. But mentally, I would like to be able to do that. You know what I mean, AJ? Yeah, you think you might be able to do it for a day or two, right? Uh, once that 800 pounds of poop starts stacking up yeah. in that yeah. bus mm -hmm. and we got to dump it on a boat like Dave Matthews band. <laughs> Small shower. And you start smelling that whole thing. Like I get, I'm too spoiled and I'm too soft to do it. Also confined area, like in that Madden doc, they showed him interacting with people at rest stops and stuff. There's a lot of time where that's not happening. There's a lot of time True. where you can't even stand up. Like, and I get a little claustrophobic. Like, I get antsy. I mean, everybody sees me stand up, what, 15 to 16 times a show <laughs> mm -hmm. every single day. So I get a little jacked up. So I am envious of both um, Kevin from Texas, who just called Madden, and anybody else that has the chance to do that because I wish my body would let me do it. Now, maybe one day there'll be um, enough life behind me that I'll want to just kind of strap it up and travel but I, I that's something i would like to do at some point but right now humanly i could not handle aj i mean i'm with you i don't i don't ever want to go anywhere more than four days like that's my max trip for a, i would like to go on obviously sometimes it's longer but that's perfect for me yeah and you take trips like what every three weeks yep. yeah exactly three weeks or so you're right though being away too long i do not love but i love that he's taking a trip there uh the wwe music fascinating stuff here because um, so I, I was afforded the opportunity to use the White Stripes Seven Nation Army at WrestleMania. And I guess that was a big deal because Jack White never allows anybody to really use it. Everybody knows the Seven Nation Army theme. Everybody sings it at all stadiums. It's normally background track when music is playing because everybody loves that song so much. It's so catchy. And that is what? One of the greatest riffs of all time, probably. Probably yeah. greatest yeah. riff of all time, maybe. Mm -hmm. I think you could say. Probably most notable. Uh, so us getting the rights to use it at WrestleMania was an anomaly and wild. Now... I was told that there was a chance we we're going to be able to use it again for SummerSlam. I knew that if that was the case, we'd be incredibly lucky, and that'd be Jack White like being very cool about it. Uh, for whatever reason, we, it did not get agreed upon. Very much understand, by the way. Very much understand. You, whatever Jack wants to do with the fucking Jack's music, you do whatever you want to do. I respect the whole process. Thank you for even allowing me to do that at WrestleMania. So there was six days before uh, SummerSlam, and we found out that we were officially not going to be able to get Seven Nation Army. And they're like, all right, let's put some, let's put some music together. A guy named Neil who works at WWE, absolute stallion of a man. I appreciate the hell out of him. He was the connect. I believe he lives in Nashville in the music world. And the guy who put the song, I don't want to, his name's Tony, I think. Tony. So it was Neil and Tony. We started talking. Got a couple songs sent to me that are already in the can. Didn't really, wasn't really my vibe, I didn't think. So I had to think back. I have a voice memo from 2018, January 27th, 2018. We were thinking about making a new intro at this point for the show. And I wanted it to have a catchy cheer. And I, obviously, I've been a fan of Seven Nation Army forever. And I think what it does to a place is just fucking electrifying. So I was trying to think of something that maybe had the same capability, but didn't sound the same, you know, just kind of a chance. So from January 27, 2018, in my voice memos thing, this is what I recorded. And I remembered this six days before SummerSlam, whenever we found out. This is uh, the sound. This is it. Okay, got to turn the volume up. Okay. <laughs> got to turn the volume up on the phone so that people can hear it. But this is what I recorded here, basically. Oh! Uh 
Okay, so that's from 2018. Mm-hmm. So I was on some vitamins potentially, and I, as we we're trying to figure out what the song was going to be, there was a lot of text back and forth. Hey, we want to make it for you, but we don't have a lot of days, obviously. So we got to kind of figure this out. Let's kind of do this thing. I'm like, God damn, I think I recorded something. I go all the way back 2018. I send it over. And like within one day, this guy, Tony, went to work and added a choir behind it, added some horns behind it, dressed it up, and they sent it over to me literally within 24 hours. They're like, is this good? And I'm like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. And how do you want to start it? Do you think you should, how do you want to start it? I'm like, I think I think I should say something. I think I should say something. They're like, well, what do you want to say? You want to say, like, it's going dawn? And they're like, <laughs> I was like, well, don't, don't ever do that again. You know, yeah. like, don't ever do that again. So I just, we started it with a, hey, let's go. And then that went right into it. And I thought it was fucking sweet. I was very, very thankful for it. And uh, the way Neil and Tony and the boy and everybody, the way it was all handled. And that was sent to the WWE. The WWE made an entrance video in like literally 15 minutes, almost 20 minutes or like we, we could potentially do this. And I'm like, thank you all so much for the collaborative effort for making it a, uh, like a, uh, what's it mean when something's like important? Priority. A priority basically is what they did. And uh, we made it happen. And then the choir shows up, obviously. I said, I think it would get a choir behind this thing, right? They're like, yep, fucking right. Get a choir in there. It's like, I was very, very lucky, very, very fortunate for how it was all handled. But yeah, that all came together in a very quick amount of time. Very, very quick amount of time, AJ. Well, what, what do you think would have happened if you didn't send them that, though? Like, that's cool that you had the the little voice memo from four years ago to send them. Like if they didn't have that, it wouldn't have sounded, who knows what would, what would happen. I think right? they would have probably put some stuff together. What am I thinking? What genre of music am I thinking? Anthemic was a word I ran. I learned mm-hmm. through that entire thing. Uh, you want it to be anthemic and big. I'm like, yeah, I want people to feel like they're a part of it. I think that'll be good. Mm-hmm. So I think they would have pieced something together. I think. Oh be- yeah, they definitely would have. But I mean, it shows you how like talented they are and how yeah. they can, they had to be so juiced when you send them that, like the, the main, like riff of the song, they'd be pretty excited, weren't they? How about that? Just in a voice memo, by the way, sending that's it like over. What, uh, yeah, I mean, that's like what what John Lennon would have done if he had an iPhone. Well, yeah. Paul McCartney's probably doing that now. Yeah, yeah. of course, me, True. Paul, John. Why? No, but normally you work with some of these people, and it's terrible? like, hey, I'll, well, yes. Uh, we've given enough speeches. They about send that. you back stuff that you're like, okay, they no, don't know me at all. No, they say. Uh, we'll bring in a crew to record what you're saying professionally and we'll get a microphone and we'll, uh, we'll drop this through audio files or whatever it is. And I send this motherfucker a goddamn voice memo and a text message. And then like six hours later, they have an entire, yeah. <laughs> like my, the background of it all is my voice. Mm-hmm. So then they just kind of build off of that. They build off the whole thing. And it's the, hey, let's go. Same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Just send it over via a text message, voice memo, put it in there. It's like. This is how it should work. Yes, yeah. this is how. Thank you for being efficient. Thank you for not being archaic in the entire thing. And thank you for allowing me to be a part of the build process. And once again, thank you to Jack White for the opportunity to use that song at WrestleMania and have one of the coolest moments of all time. And I'm excited for this one going forward. Everybody wins. Feels like yeah. it. Yeah. There's people that were tweeting, Seven Day Shorm, he's burning this. It's like, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no shit, dude. And then there's people like attacking the WWE, like get a get McAfee Seven Nation Army. You spend money on other stuff. It's like, I think they were going to. I tried. I think they, I think they were I think they were going to. I even offered up cash too. I was like, do I got to pay for this? They're like, no, no, no. We will. We will. It's our show. Uh, but also, like, we just got to get okay. Like, it has to get okay too, which was ultimately the thing. So, 
I appreciate everything. My experience over there has been awesome. The collaborative effort with WWE folks, getting to work with those. I've learned so much. It's uh, well, it, they, they seem to be from the little bit I've gotten to see from being down there and talking to people like they right up until showtime, they're changing everything, right? Like it's always like a fluid situation. Yeah. There's always a better idea that could come, you know, Man. and then there's always a potential that there's some shit ideas that are going to make the, the, make the air because yeah. I mean, doing two shows live on TV a week for like 25 years, every <laughs> single week, not missing a single week. Like there's a chance there's some shit ideas that are going to get in there, but there's some, they don't really give me a script. You know, I don't get a script before the show. I have no idea what's going on. I'm just going out there and, and doing it. But there'll be some things that I'll be tipped off to beforehand, like, hey, tonight a debut of a new segment. And my initial thought is like, okay, excited to see how this one like goes. Like the most popular male model thing that LA Knight does? Boom, maximum male models. I was so excited when that showed up on the screen. I was not tipped off about what that was. So as soon as it showed up, literally in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, there has to be something. There has to be something. There has to be something. And I like even mute my mic, go to Cole. I go, is there something? Like, is something coming here? Or is this? A he goes, this is it. I go... Okay, okay, let me settle into yeah, this, this thing. Awesome. This is, I cannot believe this is on Fox right now. There is 3 million people, 2 million people watching this. We get two hours a week. This is a part of it. This is awesome that this decision was made. In my head, I'm like, this is fucking awesome that this decision was like, yep, this is what we need to do. And I was like, let's go all in. And I did. I was like, this is, how many more opportunities am I going to have to talk about somebody walking the fucking catwalk, you know, in ridiculous shit? with a guy talking about it as if it is the greatest of fashion designs. Like that is, that's something, no offense to this show, I can never get in this show. Mm -hmm. And I use a completely different part of my brain. I mean, even that music part of it, WWE allows me to use so much more like of my brain, I think. And it's, uh, it's been a beautiful balance for me. I'm, I'm very, very fortunate for it. Very, very fortunate for it. Don't you think you've also, you and Michael Cole, that's a huge part of it. Like the relationship you guys have, I think, shows on air. Like well, you guys get along and you can mess with yeah. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Hey, wake up. <laughs> yeah, Cole, I think Cole gets me a little bit. And also, Cole's so talented that we can go in there with me having no idea what's going to happen. And then he can get it back on, well, idiot. That's because last week this happened. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I completely forgot about that. Like Cole is the consummate professional. He can get us through anything, basically. Uh, because of it being there for 25 years. And I think he gets me a little bit. I think he understands me more. Because he is a broadcast suit. You know, he went to Syracuse, mm -hmm. did the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But I think he gets me a little bit more than most of the suits that would be in a similar class of brain that he has. And I appreciate that. And also, he, although he's from New York, that dude, what? Drinks paps. Yeah, he's the man. Chews. He's just, you know. I missed two days in 25 years. Dresses like a jackass. Yeah, two days in 20. Dresses like a jackass day to day. Has so much money. Jets I mean, fan. Jets fan loves misery. Mets fan. We're going to World Series good. together. Yeah. yeah, I love Michael Cole. He's so talented and uh, he's a human, which I think is awesome. I mean, it's a pretty unique gig he has, too, compared to like people that he may have been in Benghazi with reporting live from the front lines. Exactly. Bolivia. I, I think he's not exactly ever chatted about as a real play-by-play -play guy in the sports world you know because it's like yeah it's, i don't know he never no. is they never judge him nobody ever talks about like we don't even dive into like putting michael cole in there no. there was a run i think for like 10 years i was watching that fucking guy where he wouldn't even flub a word and it's like he's talking about things so fast he has to sell some shit mm -hmm. on there like there's some <laughs> there's some stuff that just is not working and they're going to either find out that week or the week after. But Cole still has to go in there. And he, his energy is always there. He's able to speak in 
fantastic fashion, and he's able to guide through stuff that's not supposed to make sense for people. It's just, he needs, he needs a lot more respect, I think, for people. And I hope we can hopefully open that door a little bit. And with that being said, just like Michael Cole, we're gonna fucking, as soon as this show's over, we're gonna get out of here. Michael Cole, as soon as that show is over, as soon as we were off here, yeah. out, he, that headset is off. That thing is out there. His ear things are out, and he is directly side stage. I have no idea what's happening afterwards. I don't know if they're coming through this table, if there's more shit. We are getting out of this arena as fast as possible. Yeah. It is awesome. Like, the first day I was there, I was like, remember, like, let's have a good time. Let's, uh, that was a good show or whatever. And I was like, oh, keeping up. Like, oh, oh, fuck, we are out of here. Okay, here we go. We are gone. He's amazing. We are out of here as well. Hammer Down will be coming up here in a few minutes at youtube.com forward slash hammer. Die! Preseason games tonight. I appreciate that question. That was a lot of chatter about WWE stuff, but WWE will probably be interested to hear how that all works yeah. if I had to guess. Cool. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow, hopefully with a better show and a feel-good Friday before I travel to Raleigh, North Carolina. Is that where the Kaniacs are at? I yeah. think yeah, they are in Raleigh. Yeah. Are we in the Kaniacs building tomorrow? Probably. PNC. Yeah, that makes sense. Brother. What's up, bro? Might have to ring that bell. Yeah. That horn, whatever the fuck it is. Ooh. Bill Kyrat did it against the Pens. I ain't never touching that yeah, fucking thing. Hell yeah. Tomorrow we'll see you then. <laughs> Goodbye.